This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. If you expected us back in studio today, come on now. You know us better than that. <laughs> the course is closed at TPC Sawgrass. And word is the cancellation of the event is because of Austin Lane's attire or potential attire That's fine. on a Friday. That's fine, man. I can see what Gardner Minshew was wearing yesterday. I, I didn't even draw a candle towards that. <laughs> so they would have let me in with my happy Gilmore Boston Bruins shirt if it would have came down to it. Sorry, sweater. It's not called a shirt. It's a jersey or a sweater. Uh, they they would have let me in there, no problem, man. I was not worried about that. But I'll be honest, man. If there's a silver lining, I'm not out there sweating my butt off right now because that thing, obviously in black, would be pretty toasty. Right yeah, now. yeah, that would be a little hot. And it's warm today, by it the way. It is a warm it's one. It's a toasty one. It was calm over at TPC Sawgrass. Would have been good scoring once again, but obviously the tournament canceled. The Players' Championship done. The course closed. And so we decided to do something different. I've been wanting to figure out how can we illustrate <laughs> what is going on in the world of sports. Well, I think this is a symbol of what is happening throughout the country now and really throughout the world in sports empty venues quiet venues and we are at Harmon stadium here on the campus of the university of north florida should be baseball games this weekend should be events happening on campus and they are not obviously everything canceled nascar the lone wolf also canceling Stuart weber did tell me that uh, bowling might happen next week and we'll get into the wrestling stuff a little bit later on and see where that is at but we're going with the wide shot today to show you we are in the middle of a baseball diamond here yeah. at Harmon Stadium, Dusty Rhodes Field, and there is nothing. And there should be something. That's the point. Mm-hmm. There will be empty bleachers all across this country. There will be empty just about everything, it feels like, all across this country. There already has been all across the world. And we continue to kind of process this and figure out ways to document this and illustrate just what is going on, yet... It's also baffling at the same time, if we're being completely honest, because nobody's ever done it. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. It's unprecedented, but uh, it is historical. How about the latest? Uh, the Masters canceled. Uh, yeah. The Players' Championship canceled. NASCAR canceling. Uh, it, it still took me until late last night, if you might have noticed one of my tweets, that March Madness is not happening, even though we knew it. I didn't absorb it. March Madness, the bracket, everything that's supposed to happen, one shining moment, Cinderella's, winning shots, buzzer beaters, all the fun of March Madness. And really what epitomizes sports in so many ways is not happening uh uh, that's just the fact. That's the reality of our world right now. Yeah, you know, and obviously from from our standpoint of our jobs, it puts us in a kind of tough predicament, right? Because we talk about sports. Okay, that's kind of like our livelihood. So like that puts us in a tough spot. But I look at it more from just the fans' perspective. All right, like yeah, obviously March Madness getting canceled, dude. That's a huge blow. I mean, everyone looks forward to that every single year. Um, you know, obviously the players getting canceled, that's a huge blow. The Masters Tournament, NASCAR is getting canceled. Uh, the XFL, everything, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens with the NBA. So, like, obviously that's a big deal, okay, and people are upset. And from my standpoint, like I've been kind of saying for the past couple days now, I would rather err on the side of caution than actually have something bad happen where it was like, well, we should have did this, we should have did that. Okay, now if WrestleMania gets canceled, am I going to be kind of bummed? Absolutely, but you know what? I would get it. I I wouldn't throw a fit on social media saying, you guys got to toughen up, like, come on, like, why not? No, like, I I completely understand it, and I'm in no spot to say, well, they shouldn't have canceled it and stuff like that. Like, listen, 
if the players are on board with it, then how can I not be on board with it, Brent? You know, like, to me, the people that have the most right to complain are the coaches, are the collegiate players of NCAA teams, right? Especially those teams that are going to tournaments and things like that. It just got handed down, actually, that they announced where every athlete, you know, going into a spring sport gets, a, a, like, a full reimbursement and they can kind of have but that year old That year old eligibility, yeah. uh, which, which is, is obviously a big, huge. big story. Yeah. We'll talk more about that. Yeah. Obviously, where the pain still lies, though, is with those basketball kids, right? With those uh, collegiate wrestlers that were getting ready to go to Minnesota for the national championship. Like, with those guys, they're probably done, all right? They're not going to get another year of eligibility. Like, it's just, it's done. It's it's abrupt. It's done. And, you know, they didn't really get to take in their last game, if you will. It's just, it came to an abrupt halt, and it is what it is. And that's like where my heart goes out to, obviously, number one. And number two you got to think of the workers involved, right? Like, everyone that was relying, whether it's, like, in the, in, in, the, in the food service business, like, in the bar business, you know, like, people that were relying on the NCAA tournament, um, you know, to try to make a little bit of a profit, well, now you have to ask yourself, where is that money coming from? So this affects a lot of people, not just the fans that can't go home every single day and watch it on TV. It affects a lot more and more important people than that. And absolutely. I mean, all we have to do is look where we've been all week, and that is the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass. That is a $15 million, million dollar purse. For the golfers, that's a lot of money. Golfers have a lot of money. Some of them do. Some of them are trying to make it. There are different walks of life. But what that does here in town for St. John's County, for Northeast Florida, for the Jacksonville surrounding area, for charities, don't sleep on that. There is concern uh, on the faces of people at the PGA Tour and the Players' Championship heavily involved in all of that stuff because they know the impact this is going to have, not playing that tournament, what it means down the road. And we don't really know. I don't even think they truly know, but there is concern. This decision last night to cancel the Players' Championship weighed heavy. I was in there late last night. I was going to say too late, but maybe until about 9 o'clock, and you could see it, man. You could see it on the folks' faces uh, that are involved in those decisions. They were there. We were talking to some, and that hadn't come down yet. The news hadn't come down until 10 o'clock, but you could already kind of see just the day had worn on them. What was about to happen, because they probably knew even if we didn't know at the time, an hour later they were going to cancel that tournament, and so much work goes into it. But take that, what we have right in Jacksonville, because it really hits close to home with the Players' Championship and what it means to the local economy, and I think everybody's going to be all right from that, but it can be a tough time. In the meantime, and it can be a tough time maybe for the next 10 months to a year. We just don't know. But now spread that all across the country with March Madness, with other sporting events. I think it really does show the value of sports. I think sometimes people question that, right? Is it a trivial thing? Well, we're about to find out over the next six weeks, eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks, how trivial sports really are. Yes, in the grand picture, grand scheme of things, health is way more important. There are other things that are way more important. But in our United States, maybe even in our world, sports is a part of culture and our culture, and we rely on it. It means something to us. It might not be life or death, but it does mean something to us, and it can be very economical, too, to people in communities, around states and cities, and obviously across the entire country. So it's going to be a fascinating exhibition. Uh, of that. And uh, again, part of the story will be told. We can't predict it, but the story is going to be told someday. And I bet there are significant widespread changes on the other side of this. Yesterday we asked the question, what will it look like? What will it look like on the other side? I still don't know the true answer to that, but I do think there will be significant change, maybe some for the better. 
maybe some for worse. But this will spark some kind of change, whether it's forced or whether people take a closer look and, and say, hey, maybe we should do this a different way. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's all across the landscape of everything we do, workplace, uh, vacations, how we uh, wash our hands, hygiene, all these different things. Sure. But I think sports will be impacted, and that's what we talk about day in, day out. And uh, no doubt I think uh, we'll see some of the ramifications of it whenever this does end. On the other side of it, uh, it, it will be a fascinating story to tell. And right now we're just trying to document it. We're just trying to live hour by hour by it, mm-hmm. see the changes of what's going on. But we can now officially basically say, Austin, the sports world has stopped. The yeah. golf tournament yesterday was still going on when we were on. Uh, NASCAR was still going on. We debated for a long time and had a bunch of fun with a lot of people watching about WrestleMania. And that decision probably will come soon. But now we can say outside of the wrestling, the world that we know it well, in sports yeah. has stopped. M- MMA as well. Like the, the UFC is still going to hold their event this okay, weekend. Okay, MMA too. You know, but um, and that's much the chagrin of of a lot of people out there because. Keep in mind with MMA, you have a lot of guys making weight cuts, okay? And when you cut weight, that's when your immune system is at its lowest, right? So there's a lot of people saying out there right now that the UFC should not go on. You know, it it should obviously worry about its fighters more importantly than anything. Now, with this UFC event so far, what it's been reported on is the fact that they will not have a crowd. It will just be the two fighters, the referee, and that's it. But... I don't know. Like the the, the last thing I want to see, because obviously I participate in MMA. I love the sport very much. I watch it all the time. The last thing I want to see happen, and then this would be the worst case scenario from the UFC's perspective, is listen. The UFC just signed a new contract with ESPN. Okay, the UFC is doing fantastic. All right, they 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 they're, they're, they're generating more income than ever before. The advertising, everything is there. Okay, and, and you're pushing your new fighters. The last thing I want to see happen is a fighter get infected with this virus in the cage, right, and then another, another fighter gets infected, and all of a sudden you, you think about the optics of what that's going to mean to the sport. I mean, you're talking about something, Brent, that could literally crush the sport of the UFC um, if that was to happen, I think, at least in my standpoint. Yeah. You know, because we, we were celebrating the NBA, you know, they, they took charge, and, you know, they're doing what's best for their athletes. Well, right now it's really on professional wrestling and it's on, you know, mixed martial arts, more specifically the UFC, because Bellator actually had an event tonight as well. Bellator called their event off. So now it's down to the UFC and professional wrestling, and I'm just curious to see what happens. Yeah, it's it's dangerous to be the lone wolf in this kind of situation. And the Players' Championship and the PGA Tour kind of felt that way a little bit. Talked to Graham McDowell this morning. I think it was Graham McDowell who said it. He thought the horn was going to go off in the middle of the round once all the other sports teams had followed suit, and March Madness got canceled. Mm -hmm. It didn't. But I think the PGA Tour, the Players' Championship, took into account what the players were saying. And then the other big reason, if you're just catching up to this, why why did they actually cancel it after they said it was going to go on and just no fans would be there? Well, Jay Monahan said today that part of the reason was when he saw Disney Parks closing and Universal Studios closing, those are those outdoor venues that provide entertainment. Yeah. And he gave some of the reason for them still carrying on this tournament because those were still open. Well, that was one reason, and then the players' feedback was another reason. Were there some other reasons behind closed doors? We don't know that. But the reasons we were given why the Players' Championship was canceled this weekend, and that came down late last night, but the press conference was this morning, and Jay Monahan said the players' feedback, the international players' especially being able to get home being able to travel being able to find their ways their minds were not all on golf and they said you know what it's our responsibility to join everybody else in solidarity here and say no sports right now so i watched the press conference this morning and i watched him kind of you know call like all these theme parks shutting down 
my question to you though, Brent. I mean, how how is that? How do you take that for an excuse though? I guess is is what I want to get to because. Obviously, it was the players' championship goal to not have the fans there Friday through Sunday, right? Because they didn't want to have over whatever the, the number is that you know the state of Florida has said now. I think it's 250 people yep. in one place. All right. And keep in mind they would have well, about 150,000 people yeah. there this weekend. Well, exactly. But keep in mind, like I think of theme parks, man. I'm thinking Disney World, dude. That's like you know. Yeah. Thousands, like tens of thousands of people, if not more, there every single day, interacting, touching things. So, like, is it fair to compare the whole Disney World thing, the whole theme park thing, to what was going to take part at the players? No, I don't know if it's a fair comparison in this sense, but I think he was using that as an example of prior to. When he had the news conference earlier in the week, he said, look, theme parks are open. If theme parks are open and people are close together and gathering and that's okay, well, then us spread out on 400 acres must be okay. And so I was using that as some reasoning. And so, therefore, on the other side of it today, he said, you know what, once they, I had used that as an example of why we're staying open, why we're playing the golf tournament. Once they closed their doors and made that decision in an outdoor environment, an outdoor entertainment, even though we do have 400 acres to spread out, and even though we weren't having fans, we just did the responsible thing. So I don't know if he was saying it was apples to apples. I think he had just used them as almost a barometer before the tournament for keep going on. Mm -hmm. And so they used them again as one of the reasons, well, when they shut down, that was another reason. Again, I would say it was 30% that, maybe 25% that. I think it was 70 to 75% the player feedback that they got after the round on Thursday. After the round Thursday, every golfer answered, I would say, 95% of the questions about the situation. Nobody asked them about the round of golf. It was so secondary. And so I think... Talking to players after that round, they came back and said, you know what, uh, we we got to do something here, and that's why they chose to. Do you think that it hurts the PGA Tour's image a little bit from the fact that they had the one day where they did play and everything, you know, by all things accordingly, it was like, all right, we're going to play with fans one day, and the next day is, you know, just be the media there, and that's it. And all of a sudden, you know, it comes out, and they cancel the entire tournament. Does that hurt the image of the PGA It's a Tour? good question. Uh, I'm going to get to it. We're going to take a break. When we come back on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690, we're live from Dusty Rhodes Field, Harmon Stadium, here at the University of North Florida, and we're all alone in a sports venue. Do you want to throw me some BP? Get used to it. I was hoping you'd throw me some BP. Uh, Although I'm not sure how that would go. I'd need to help me. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll answer that question because I've got a thought on that. People taking cheap shots at the PGA Tour, or are they right in the way they handled this. My thought on that, we all might disagree. We welcome your thoughts on the entire situation. I don't know if we have all the answers, but it's a discussion. Jump in on it, sports-related or not. 904-362-9901. And we've got some new news coming out of the NFL as well. And there are some topics to talk about. College spring athletes getting that year back. Is it the right move? How will it work? A lot to get into here on a Friday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It'll be one of the strangest radio shows we ever do. We know that, but it's historic. That's a pretty high mark, way. though, Brent. That is pretty high mark. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. Hopefully Thanks, Brent. You can deliver. We're obviously incredibly disappointed to suspend the PGA Tour season for our players and our fans. I've said all along the health and safety of everyone associated with this organization is our number one priority. We tried to be as thoughtful and measured as possible during this dynamic and challenging time. I wanted to fight for our players and our fans and for this tour to show how golf can unify and inspire. But as the situation continued to escalate 
and there seemed to be more unknowns, it ultimately became a matter of when, not if, we would need to call it a day. That is Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour Commissioner, this morning at 8 a.m., an early news conference here on a Friday, explaining how everything went down. It's just been a, an historic, wild week in sports, but especially for golf and right here in Northeast Florida, where we host the Players' Championship, one of the crown jewels of our city, crown jewels of the PGA Tour. Uh, Jay Monahan on several occasions said, this is our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And what you have to understand is, Everybody's like the Masters and U.S. Open and the Majors. Well, those are all run by different organizations. U.S. Open's a USGA event. PGA, PGA of America. Uh, obviously, the British Open is run by uh, a royal ancient... Um, <laughs> now I can't even say it, But the RNA. <laughs> okay. Uh, so a different uh, body. And the Masters is run by the Masters. They, they make their own decisions, sure. which we'll get to in a moment because that one has been postponed. And that is a little bit of Masters, you ain't telling us to shut something down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's a little bit of that at work, and we'll see if they'll, they'll actually be able to play that or not. So this really is the crown jewel of the players uh, of the PGA Tour. This is their baby. This is their tournament. This is the players' tournament, and it's in their backyard. It's a home game for the PGA Tour, who's headquartered right out of Ponte Vedra Beach, right in the Jacksonville area. So this is a big deal. This was a tough decision. It was a tough week with so many different ramifications taking place. The question now is, did they do the right thing? Did they handle it the right way? And here we go with what I don't like about our social media world is self-righteous social media world. We're all geniuses. We all told you so. And listen, we're we're, we're paid to give opinions. Mm -hmm. So we all have opinions, and that's okay. But let's be as honest as honest can be. This has been one of the most tough and difficult predicaments for anybody in a leadership role to be in this week. I don't care if we're talking about presidents, politicians, uh, organizational leaders, companies, mayors, whatever it is. There is no playbook. There is no precedent for what's going on here. And we still don't even know the scope of it here as a public. So I, can't, I have a hard time really giving Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour, a lot of grief for the way this went down. I was on board, man. I was like, let's play some golf. All right, if we can't have the fans, that makes sense. Let's play some golf. That's because you can still go watch it. So yeah, well, it's a little <laughs> selfish, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I, also, oh, I was excited, man. I was there with you. I also can say, hey, you know what? You got 400 acres. You got golfers. This is like the ideal sport mm-hmm. for anything for social distancing. I mean, this is fine. Just don't shake hands on TV, and you're okay. I mean, you had very minimal people involved in the whole thing that would be out there. And I also don't have a problem with them canceling it. Okay. Uh, it probably the right thing to do. But I guess what we're getting at here is did they handle it the correct way? I would say I think they handled it fine. My question, though, is does it hurt their image, Brent? All right, I mean, listen, I think we both agree, like you just said, where they, they should have shut it down. All right, props to them for doing that. You took the proper, you know, you took the necessary steps. Good for you. But my question to you is does it hurt the image of the PGA Tour because they played one day on it and then that was it? No? I don't really don't think so. Okay. I, I think I th- – I, is anybody ever going to remember that first round of the Players' Championship? I almost don't already remember it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. I, Hideki Matsuyama will remember it. Mm-hmm. We'll remember the circumstances because of the way we cover it around here. But I think the the nature of it will be, and always will be, they canceled 
the Players' Championship in 2020. It was not played. It was amongst the list of events that got canceled. What people were saying is, should they have allowed fans in on Thursday? Uh, should they, Because that was a little bit of a stretch. I, I, I likened it yesterday to they were the guy in the neighborhood that had been evacuated, but he said, I'm staying in my house. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of that going on with the PGA Tour and the players yesterday by allowing fans in. Because even organizations that had said, all right, we're not going to have fans in, but we'll still run our games, and then later on said, okay, we're canceling. Or even other organizations who have now postponed but not canceled. Even the Masters, who now says postponed but not canceled. The PGA Tour did kind of go out on their own to say, yeah, we're going to have fans here. We think that's okay. So I think they were a little bit of a lone wolf there, and that's a dangerous place to be. But I also don't know if there will be negative ramifications of that. If something negative comes from that, if all of a sudden there were a lot of people that were there, volunteers and others that end up with the coronavirus and they think it traces back to Thursday, well, then there could be a hit coming for the PGA Tour from a marketing standpoint, a public perception standpoint. Right now, I just think it's a lot of people taking cheap sh- Hank Haney took a cheap shot, uh, said poor leadership. I don't think is so. It, I think these guys were well informed. Hank Haney used to be like Tiger Swim. swim okay, I'm coach. sorry. I don't know who Hank Haney is. Yeah, you were. I mean, he's a swim. Sounds like an older in, dude. In the golf Sounds world. Like yeah, in the Hank golf Haney. world. He's a name. Yeah, okay. But, you know, but other people took shots at Jay Monahan. I just, I, I'm Ben Jay Monahan here. I'm going to, I think they were pretty transparent. I think there were a lot of conversations that went on. I didn't mind what they were doing, so I'm not going to be hypocritical in, in, in my own right and say, oh, they should have done this, they should have done that. I'm not Monday morning quarterbacking. This was an hourly change across the world, across our country, and definitely uh, across our state yesterday. Uh, and eventually they made the right call. Whether they should have done it 10 hours earlier, I don't know. But they made the right call. The thing has been canceled, and fans were not going to be allowed. And, you know, to try to echo, I guess, some some comments from that press conference this morning, obviously they're not going to be able to reschedule this thing, right? Like the, the, the way the PGA Tour is set up right now with all the schedules and all the towns kind of securing their spots and everything, Brent, like it, it's out of the realm of possibility, right, where the players could take place in a couple months. I mean, it's done, and you can't have to wait till next year, correct? Yeah, it's yeah. done. No, they, they are not going to be able to reschedule it. It doesn't fit the calendar. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, again, I think it's important to say the Masters has postponed, not canceled. They are going to slide in the calendar somewhere if they can. I don't know if they're going to be able to. And the big overreach here on why all, why the Masters, I think right now it has everything to do with the international nature of golf and that international players fly home and then come back. And the question right now is, can Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood, whoever it is, name your guy, that lives out of this country, mm-hmm. once he gets home in the next couple of days, because I still think they can private charter, you oh, know, sure. private ticket, yeah, yeah. will they be allowed back in? There's an uncertainty about that. What are, what are the flight restrictions going to look like? Mm-hmm. So I think that is the big uncertainty. I think it has to revolve around the international players. And I will give, uh, let, me, let me share some thoughts on, on social media. Uh, JT Jag says, no, it should have been either canceled last week or just allowed to conclude. What they did is crappy half measure. The vacationers from around the country are already here. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. It's If you want all or nothing, and most people do want all or nothing, it yeah. wasn't all or nothing. I, I understand well, it, but I... And I- I'm gonna say this, Brent. All right, like we're, we're all being this. Every everybody's lives are being turned upside down. Yeah, you know, and we obviously knew that this was gonna be bad for the sports world. We we kind of had some inkling of it, but I mean, I think yesterday it really took form in in the terms of the NCAA getting, you know, the, the tournament getting canceled. Like when that happened, it was like, 
oh man, like this is yeah. this is a catastrophe. This is real world. The NBA right? triggered it on Wednesday. The, the NBA did trigger it, but you know, once again, they were kind of sus- it was a suspension, right? Like we don't, yeah. there could be playoffs still, so we weren't directly sure how long it would take for the NBA to come back, and we still don't know. But I think once the NCAA tournament announced that they would not be holding it. That's at least from my standpoint. That's when I was like, "Wow, this thing is like crazy right now." Eric says, "No, they shouldn't have started at all. Golf more than any sport, except maybe soccer, has people traveling from all over the world. The more traveling, the higher risk." And, and again, that's a fair point. And I think that's why they stopped it. Really, it was because of the international players. But I would also say this: most international players, family members, everybody else, already were probably in the area. There's been the Florida Swing, the Honda Classic. Uh, it just had Bay Hill. I think most are in the area. They're not flying in like the eve of the Players' Championship. Mm -hmm. And so if you go back to Monday, this was a very fluid situation on Monday. In fact, it wasn't anything like it is now on a Friday. Uh, So, again, we're going to second guess. I will say this, and I'll defend the tour and Jay Monahan. I didn't have a problem with the way it went down. Uh, If you do, that's fine. That's your opinion. Uh, I I just don't think they're going to get a black eye out of this. I really don't. Uh, I think it's going to be part of the big picture. And that is the sports world has shut down. Uh, the NFL has not necessarily shut down. Is it business as usual? Some guys got cut today. Interesting names. The Jags may have some news coming out in a few minutes. What will that news be? Hang tight. Okay. I've got a heads up. I'm intrigued. I am too. Go on. More NFL talk when we come back. We are live at Harmon Stadium, Dusty Rhodes Field, campus of the University of North Florida. Welcome to sports on a Friday in March. <laughs> Nobody's here but us on ESPN 690. People my age, if, if we get it from what I've read and from what I've heard, is, is very mild react. So I could think that it's just a little cold and it's actually the coronavirus. So uh, I will be looking at getting tested and my entire family getting tested. But at the time being right now, we're, we're worried about that in a few days, you know, leading up. That is Billy Horschel, a professional golfer on the PGA Tour. Played round one yesterday at the Players' Championship. Obviously, that event canceled. He's a Jacksonville guy, Florida Gator. And more on Billy as the show goes on, because i got a bunch of balling and falling, but they're all balling in terms of athletes, including Billy Horschel. And the Players' Championship, they took all that food, and they're helping feeding Northeast Florida, which Billy Horschel's been a longtime ambassador. We've had him on the show a couple of times, and he's talked about feeding Northeast Florida. Uh, he was just over there this afternoon loading up trucks with the excess food at the Players' Championship to give to feeding Northeast Florida and all the, the folks that are uh, uh, food-deprived in the area. Uh, and he always mentions $1.00 feed six meals, so uh, donations to Feeding Northeast Florida always welcome here in uh, the Jacksonville area and likely wherever you are. Uh, that's a topic that probably doesn't get talked about enough uh, in this day and age. But Billy Horschel took his $52,000 check because all the players got paid the same amount of money uh, off half the purse. That's how it works. That's the stipulation, the agreement they have in their relationship with the PGA Tour if they play one round. Yeah. And, that's, uh, that's how we should do it on the show as well, but keep going. <laughs> he took 52000 <laughs> and uh, and donated it uh, to local charities, among them feed, Feeding Northeast Florida. And sure. Billy also tried to encourage others to do the same. So yeah. we'll talk that's about awesome, that a little man. bit more, but very cool stuff. Uh, Billy uh, does excellent work. And I just got uh, notified as well that Horschel uh, also purchased and donated pallets of Aqua hydrate water to the food bank after Hurricane Irma, um, totaling twelve thousand dollars. So he's done a lot of things on his own. It's a solid dude, right there. Uh, man. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. He's actually donated 
I believe, over $250,000 of his own money to feeding Northeast Florida wow. because he raises money with birdies and eagles. So, hey, we're going to have a bunch of balling throughout the show. That's, That's a balling right for there, Billy man. Horschel and, and what he's doing. So uh, hopefully other players will follow suit. That's what he's encouraging. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. On the day that sports stopped in our world, and really it's days, it's been the last 72 hours or so, but this is the finality of it. Uh, the world is uh, stopping from a sports standpoint, and it might be coming to a halt from an everything standpoint. The reason why we are here at University of North Florida, if you're just jumping in, we kind of want to illustrate what sports it looks like right mm-hmm. now. And you see empty bleachers. You see a tarp on home plate. There should be a baseball game going on here later tonight on the campus of the University of North Florida. But ASUN Sports and sports and colleges all across the country have been suspended or canceled for the remainder of the spring seasons. And so instead of uh, batting practice and pregame warm-ups, there is nothing but us. And uh, we kind of wanted to illustrate that on our video feeds. You can check it out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, along with listening on ESPN 690 in your car, ESPN690.com, and uh, in all 10 different platforms, audio and video. The president uh, just issued a state of emergency, a na- I'm sorry, a national emergency, uh, which by rule, according to our Action News Jacks folks, opens up $50 billion in funding. So a national emergency has uh, been issued by uh, President Trump, $50 billion in funding. Again, we're not here to get political or anything like that. It's just yeah. about delivering the message. That is what's new at, at, as of the latest. It just came in a couple minutes ago. Honestly, I haven't even digested anything else, but I'm sure there are other things. Earlier today, the mayor basically shut down all public uh, facilities in the Jacksonville area, in Duval County, like TIAA Bank. Uh, Veterans Memorial Arena, the zoo, uh, I think public libraries. So a lot of those things are happening. The world is standing still and uh, all in an effort to stop the spread of the coronavirus, and we continue to learn more about it. Listen, I'm a dumb sports guy, but we all have families and all trying to do the right thing and and, uh, the responsible thing at the moment. And I'll be honest with you. My first reaction to all this stuff was just like so many of you, and it is, yeah, whatever. I mean, come on, over. But what I, I, pro- I said it probably a couple of days on the show, Little Boy Cry Wolf. Is yeah. that another, you know, we see that often uh, in our news cycle, in our world, and we're like, eh, it's not going to affect us. I mean, come on. Well, this is one, as I dig into it, I talk to more people. I talk to people that talk to other people that are in the know way more than we are, mm-hmm. and you still wonder how much information we have versus what they have. Uh, that's a real deal in terms of trying to stop uh, the spread of this. And we know that uh, the elderly folks especially are susceptible, but it's our responsibility to keep it away from them as well because we are the ones that can uh, pass it along to the elderly. So uh, all the same things everybody's saying, uh, hopefully we'll be responsible in doing so. And we always want to do this, invite your calls, 904-362-9901. We're going through some of the same things. We're trying to figure out work. We're trying to figure out a three-hour radio show. (laughs) We're trying to figure out what to cancel in terms of travel. We're trying to figure out what to do with a wife and two kids, Uh, you know, all those things. So uh, we're in the same boat, and, and you know what? I'm not saying I got all the answers, but we're up for the discussion of it uh, if you want to talk about it, 904-362-9901. All right, I said we could have some news on the Jags in just a little bit, so hang tight on that. Yeah, I'm interested to see what we're talking about. I am here. too, but I've been given a heads up, and I don't know exactly what it is okay. uh, yet, but I've been given you, a heads you, up. You think there's 
play a little tag game with Yannick Ngakwe? They could. Now, Hunter Henry. So, it? Let's yeah, talk about that. that. Some no. news around the NFL. I don't want to talk about Hunter it, Henry was yeah. tagged. And there was a report there that was... happened. I think Jenna Lane reported that uh, a couple weeks back. Yeah. And so that happened. So that takes Hunter Henry off the market. Austin Hooper's dollars just went up, right? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So we got uh, Hunter Henry. Um, Delaney Walker also got released by the Tennessee Titans. You know, kind of injury prone the past couple of years. When he's on Brent, he is a pretty legitimate tight end, you know, and obviously he's on the back nine of his career now. Probably going to warrant a pretty low price tag. Is that a guy that you look at possibly? But yeah, and then it's crazy because, like we said, the, the the world has kind of stopped right now in terms of sports. But then here comes the NFL, you know, ranting and raving, saying, hey, check this out because we still got free agency to worry about and franchise tagging and all that. So. Uh, you know, I guess the show kind of goes on, as they say, and right now it's with the NFL. Uh, and part of the NFL news, as I continue to work on this story, uh, is the fact that they are not going to allow in-town visits. You know the 30 visits that yeah. prospects get? Yep. Yeah. They're not doing that. The NFL I just canceled that. Yeah. Uh, what are those like, and is that a huge impact of not having them? Well, I mean, do we got time for a quick story? Yeah, of course. Well, do okay. we have time? What we, are those, we're what trying to figure out how the hell about? we're going to fill three hours every day. we got all the time in the world for stories. So, yeah. So the, 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 the one in-town visit that I took was to Buffalo, actually, with the Buffalo Bills. And... Um, I, I kind of had a good feeling about them at the time. They were running kind of like a 3-4 defense. They kind of pictured me as an outside linebacker coming from Murray State. So I felt like I fit pretty good in with them there. Um, I had some good interviews with their coaches and everything like that at the, at the Combine and even at the Senior Bowl. So uh, I felt like Buffalo might have been a landing spot for me. So when we went to Buffalo, it was myself and probably 15 other players. Now, I've told this story before where one of those players was Tim Tebow. Another one of those players was a linebacker from the Florida Gators named Brandon Spikes, who I actually became friends with uh, from that trip. But needless to say, uh, I got to hear some funny stories on the bus because obviously we, we all flew in together. Uh, we, we take the shuttle from the airport to the stadium, probably about a good 20 to 25 minute drive. So we had some time to kind of just talk and see where we're all at right now with life and with football and everything. And um, so some of the funnest stories I ever heard, and I'm not sure if you ever met Brandon Spikes before, Brent, but yeah. he's a he good knows, dude. Yeah, he's a solid dude. He's definitely a talkative character, man, great personality. So with him and Tim Tebow started to get into it a little bit about who really ran the Florida Gators. And um, it got to the point where Brandon Spikes kept on going, Timmy, Timmy, hey. You know I was running the Florida Gators, okay? Like, the whole world wants to say that you're running it. You you had your eye black and everything. You had your post-game speeches where you were crying. But we know dang well that I ran the Florida Gators. So, like, I just got to sit back and just be in awe of two high-caliber athletes bicker back and forth about who ran their college football team. So, so the, 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 Who do you believe? Dude, I kind of got to go with Brandon Spikes a little bit, man. But now, uh, I'm going to be honest, because it's like, you know, Brandon Spikes kind of brought, you know, I don't want to say he brought the hood out, but he, he you know, he, 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 he kind of brought the receipts a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he brought the passion. Tim Tebow was a little more calm and reserved, you know, like Tim Tebow is. So from that perspective, I'm going with Brandon Spikes. I don't know if it's true or not, whatever. But anyway, so what happens essentially is you go, you go to the stadium, you meet with the coaches again, they kind of give you a tour a little bit, you kind of get your bearings, um, the they show you the locker room. They walk you out on the field. You know, all that stuff. It's almost like a recruiting trip, really, um, if you're in high school trying to go to college. And, you know, colleges are kind of coaxing you to come there. So, like, as far as, like, the meetings, I mean, nothing really stood out to me there. Is essentially the meetings that I had at the combine, at the senior bowl, really kind of thought to myself, kind of a waste of time if you ask me, because we literally talked about the defense that I ran in Murray State, like, religiously now. So why are we talking about it again? 
it is what it is. But the moment that really stands out to me, and I don't think I've ever shared this story before, but it's it's the moment that when I think back on my NFL career, this is probably one of the biggest moments where I roll my eyes, man, because I, I can't believe what I watched transpired. So we were at, uh, it was called the Buffalo Chop House, one of like the most prestigious you know steakhouses in the whole country, I guess, right? And I remember it, number one, because I ordered a Cobb salad, which I didn't know at the time, a Cobb salad, literally like an authentic Cobb salad at a, at a legit restaurant, comes with like a whole head of lettuce. Like I'm not saying like it's broken up, Brent. It was literally like a whole head of lettuce. You had to break up yourself. And then they just put some blue cheese and some bacon like to the side of it. So like, I had to make my own salad, essentially. <laughs> that, that, that was definitely weird to me, and that was different. But what, what, what stood out to me about this moment at the Buffalo Chop House was the fact that Jim Kelly was there, okay? And Jim Kelly gave us a, a nice, like, uh, you know, like a pre-dinner speech about what it meant to be a Buffalo Bill and, That's cool. you know, what, what the organization means. Oh, dude, I mean, it was Jim Kelly, dude. You yeah, know, like a guy you awesome. grew up watching. So, like, I had, I had goosebumps. I'm like, this is awesome, man. Like, wow. All of a sudden, I want to go to Buffalo now, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I went into it makes Buffalo, you want to go. I was like, mm, Buffalo, pretty cold up there. What's going? On? I mean, they got hockey. Man. And then all of a sudden, after Jim Kelly's speech, I was like, Oh yeah, dude, this is the place to be, man. The fandom, the the fan base, man. They're passionate. I want to be here. It kind of reminded me of Wisconsin a little bit. Well, Jim Kelly gives this passionate speech. All right, played in how many ever Super Bowls? Legendary Jim Kelly. And I kid you not, to close out his speech, Jim Kelly. Gets off the microphone. Like he t- takes the microphone off the stand, comes over to us, and he says, "I said we have Tim Tebow in the crowd," and I'm just like, "Okay." <laughs> he goes, "I said we got Tim Tebow in the crowd. Tim, I would love for you to sign me, uh, s- s- sign an autograph for me and my son, or uh, I think it was a son or his family. He's like, I want to sign an autograph for me and my family, and I'll get your picture with you, man, because I'm, I'm a huge fan." <laughs> he did it in front of everyone. <laughs> So literally, this happened in front of everybody, in front of, once again, 15 to 20, you know, recruits there that are trying to, you know, play the Buffalo Bills. Dude, I lean back in my chair. I look right at Brandon Spikes. Brandon Spikes looks at me. He's just like, you're like one of these, bro. Like, come on, Jim, you know? So uh, that's what really stands out to me because I'm like, dude, you're, you're Jim Kelly, man. And I get it. Tim Tebow. Come, I, I get it. Like, I understand, man. The eye black, the, the speeches, the, you know, the national championships. I, I get it, man. It's Tim Tebow. But to, to in the middle of your passionate speech, man, where you're inspiring everybody in the city of Buffalo, and you get off the stage, and you come to us, and you say, can I get my picture taken with you, and can I get an autograph from my kids? Uh, it just, I'm not going to lie, man. It left a bad taste in my mouth, Brent. That is, I, I have not forgotten about it till that, till this day. You know? It's a great story because what it does is, it, and I could tell like if his peers are like that, I'd be like, oh, geez, here we yeah, go. Yeah, I, yeah. Just think about his team. So it puts everything in perspective around Tebow that time. Yeah. Like you'll be able to tell that story someday, maybe with not as much, <laughs> yeah, but instead yeah. with like, this is how big that was, right, sure. at the time. Yeah. Because Tebow in that locker room that should be his own 30, and thir- 30 for 30 mm-hmm. is what he what was in that locker room, and then there was Tebow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, sure. It's the great, like, <laughs> irony of all time. You know, what, what else was happening in that locker room? Yes. And they were su- super successful. But his peers, his teammates must have always been like that. Because everywhere they went, Tebow was Tebow. Mm-hmm. Tebow was bigger than the team. Not that he made himself no, out to be bigger than the team. No, it wasn't his fault. Just but then the how about being Tebow in that setting? That's one of those settings where you don't want to stick out. Heck no, You just kind of blend in. Yeah. I'm trying to be one of the guys, you know? <laughs> like, we, we talk about a little bit with Brady. 
And I think somebody spoke about that recently. I forget who it was I was listening. And it, it was fascinating to listen to. Is Brady really goes out of his way to kind of be one of the guys? Because guys who come in there at a young age or even maybe at 30 are like, oh, my gosh, it's Tom Brady. Sure. You know? Well, Tebow had that. And especially then he had that. Yeah. And so it's got to be a tough situation for them. But then the last part of it for me is it does show you his star value then. Jim Kelly. Hall that's of Fame what, Jim uh, Kelly. That's what I'm saying. Is like... Jim Kelly owns Buffalo. I, I mean, know. that's his his town. It's one of his and favorite. he was still like, hey, can you take a picture for my kids? Buffalo's favorite <laughs> son, man. And literally, like, right to end this speech comes up. Oh, I was just, dude, it was, it was just, it was surreal to me, man. Because, like, I'll be honest with you, where I was sitting at the time, obviously, listening to the stories from the shuttle to the stadium of Brandon Spikes and Tim Tebow going back and forth, those were great, all right? But, like, you got to understand where I'm coming from, my perspective, right? Like, I'm coming from the senior bowl where everybody wanted Tim Tebow's autograph, where he didn't show up for the autograph night, and then, like, I had to deal with a bunch of crying kids saying, where's Tim? And I'm like, I'm sorry, have a Murray State sticker, okay? Like, I had to deal with all that stuff. So, from my perspective, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I'll be honest, I was over it, all right? I I was over the Tebow mania. I I was over just, like, just let this dude play football, man, and let's see what he's got, all right? That's all I wanted to see. Um, yes, he's a fantastic person. He does a lot of great stuff for the community. I mean, dude, I'm never going to fault him for that. A lot better person than I'm ever going to be. Props to you for doing that. But I was just, I was honestly just tired of the narratives, man. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then Jim Kelly comes along <laughs> and literally takes the narrative and shoves <laughs> the Cobb salad with the narrative <laughs> down my throat. So there you go. It's a great story. Okay, yeah. so now the real question. Did it matter? You have a great yeah. story, yeah, yeah. but did it matter? Yeah. Uh, you know what? To me, it didn't matter, right? Because I met with these guys before. They already knew me. They could put a face to the name. Once again, and I kind of talked about this a little bit in terms of pro days, the guys that it matters to are those smaller school guys that maybe get overlooked a little bit. Or maybe some guys with some troubled histories that you want to do one more talk. Because all it takes is one question, Brent, that you ask some player and you find out what kind of person they are, right? You have to ask the right you know, question. You have to push the right buttons. But sometimes all it takes is that one question. And all of a sudden you have the response where it's like, oh, well, maybe this guy isn't what we thought he was. You know, like I'm reminded of Ja'Kai Polite at the Combine, okay? Ja'Kai Polite in college was an absolute animal. Okay, he goes to the NFL Combine. They ask him all these questions, and what does he do? He get, he gets flustered, and all of a sudden reports start coming out that Jakai Polite, you know, I mean, didn't really handle the Combine interview process that well. Well, where is Jakai Polite now? Yeah. Okay, and I, I'm not doing it to poke fun at him. I'm just no, saying an example of yeah. It. I'm just saying from the standpoint of listen, people were very high on you coming out of college. All right, they, they, they were very impressed with what you brought to on your your on the field skill set. It wasn't until you got to the combine where teams started to post the red flag a little bit because of the questions that you were asked. And I'm not saying they're inappropriate questions even. These are questions like, you know, tell us what happened here. Tell us what happened here. And, like, I think he kind of felt attacked a little bit where he didn't like, you know, answering the tough questions about him making mistakes. And he didn't handle it that well. Well, teams found out the kind of guy he was. And, unfortunately, it didn't translate to the NFL. So, from that perspective, Brent, when we're talking about those small school guys who you want to take a question on, like I said, sometimes you have to sit down with them one more time to get a get a vibe for everything. And unfortunately, now with all these visits being canceled, with the pro days being canceled, you don't get to do your due diligence, and you can't find that out. Yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Um, 
I have mixed feelings on it. I get your point, but I still think the combine was the big one there, right? Oh, That's where everything course. came yes, out. Yes. Uh, also, if you think Gardner Minshew, the flip side of it, wow, the Jags fell in love with him at the combine. They had seen him at the Senior Bowl. They had seen him on tape, all those things, but they really fell in love with it because it's a one-on-one setting. In those settings, the 30 people visit. I mean, they have a bunch of guys that come in usually at the same time, not necessarily all 30 at the same time. I think it's over a no, couple of days, no, yeah, but there might days. be like eight people at the same time, right, yeah. or 12, whatever it might be. And so it's not that one-on-one setting, at least for a long period of time, is it? No, I mean, so as far as the meetings are concerned, the way it went for me at least, and I think it went for everybody in our group, was the fact that there was one-on-one settings. I had one-on-one setting with the head coach. I had a one-on-one setting um, with my, you know, the defensive coordinator, and a one-on-one setting with the defensive line coach. So I had three one-on-one settings. Now, granted, they're only like three or four minutes a pop, not that long, but still just one-on-one time. Hey, we're talking football. Oh yeah, uh, and not alone. I want you said Delaney Walker, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry gets tagged, mm-hmm. Xavier Rhodes released, released. Yeah, is he interested? Not even. Trying for a trade with that guy. I mean, Xavier Rhodes two years ago, it was Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Like, right. if you ask somebody, people might say, oh, no, Xavier Rhodes is better. Yeah. And now they've released him. I know. Or they are releasing him. What do we think about J- uh, Xavier Rhodes to Jacksonville? We got to talk about it. It's going to be an expensive buy, most likely, I would think, even though Minnesota released him. Could that be something the Jags move on? And what kind of expense could it be? Some NFL talk, more of it, some Jaguars talk right after this. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from the University of North Florida. It's one of the many places where there are no sporting events going on. So I'm not I'm not um, in, entirely uh, uh, aware of everything, but I do know that uh, the food that um, is going to be here, we're going to be loading up on on feeding Northeast uh, Florida food trucks. It's really great um, that the tour and, and the staff of the Players Championship is doing this. It's uh, it's our local food bank. We feed a lot of people in the feed North in the Northeast Florida community. It's how they survive. That is Billy Horschel, uh, PGA Tour player. Local guy, good guy, Florida Gator. Hey, still a good guy, even if he's a Gator. <laughs> and a uh, big ambassador for Feeding Northeast Florida. And, and some, you know, there's good to come out of things all the time. And the good that comes out of this weekend with the excess amount of food at the Players' Championship that will not be used. And think about it, the hospitality tents and the suites and, and in the clubhouse and all across oh. the grounds. I mean, that's a lot of food. And they will be able to use that in some parts, in some respect, for Feeding Northeast Florida, truckloads of, of food helping out uh, to feed the hunger. Uh, that is a... Uh, um, I feed the hungry, and that is a, uh, a very uh, admirable thing and a good thing. And Billy Horschel and the PGA Tour uh, should be commended for that today. That is the good of, of what's come out of a very difficult situation across the board in sports. Uh, also, just to pass along some of the news side of things, and you can watch on CBS 47 and Fox 30, of course, uh, all night long. But uh, Action News Jacks just tweeted out, Governor DeSantis said parts of Florida National Guard will be activated in the next 24 hours. He also said Florida has ordered enough COVID-19 test kits to test 625,000 people, which is more test kits than all other states have ordered combined. Now, that's ordered. That doesn't mean they're there. And uh, I know that was one of the big things early. That's been one of the big things is the tests. Can you get enough tests? And I don't know the background of that. Uh, again, I feel like anytime we talk about these things, it becomes somewhat of a political deal. I, I just don't know it. I don't. I've heard stories like there are only five cases uh, positive 
in like a certain state, but that's only because there are only 300 tests out there right now, and you got to meet all these requirements just to even get tested. Mm-hmm. So the availability of the test is not there. If the availability of the test was there, and and just carte blanche, we would have way more test positive yeah. at the moment. Is is the way I understand. Well, we'd it. see if you truly have allergy problems or if it's something else afoot here. That is true. And yeah. by the way, read uh, we've got all sponsorships going on. I had Smoothie King earlier. <laughs> of course, we have the official water of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 CGC Water uh, in Connecticut. We appreciate that keeping us hydrated. Yeah. And then, uh, well. Lysol has never been bigger. If yeah. I could buy a stock right now, I think it would be Lysol. Lysol. So we're even keeping them in the fold. We're trying to spread Netflix the message, too, be a good man. influencer here. Yeah. And Lysol is not helping us out. They're not paying any bills here. Mm. But we're doing it. And so it's out of pocket. I cleaned the the all, the access would, unit, is what we call this here. Which I live. appreciate. I appreciate it, and man. Because really why I cleaned it is because it's full of pollen <laughs> from being yeah. out of the Players' Championship. Yeah, exactly. So you, you get a text from yeah. uh, your buddy in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. so this is uh, Jonathan Hood, actually one of our friends from ESPN sh- uh, sh- Chicago. He does a wrestling show out there. Obviously, does, he has his own show with the Bears as well. So I guess he was tuning in, man, listening a little bit. And, uh, yeah, basically I got a text message a couple minutes ago. Tell Brent I think he missed a spot with the Lysol wipes. Jesus, he might have to come do my kitchen next. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this just in, man. Better safe than sorry. That's the first time we've cleaned this unit in 15 months. Good point. Good point. I probably need to use the whole container. Oh, man. We might have to just wrap it up in some plastic or something like that, man. (laughs) No telling what's on that. Uh, Yeah, no telling whatsoever. I will say this. You know what they say? Keep. Uh, I've washed my hands more this week than ever before, and there's no doubt. I've washed my hands a ton. So I'm trying to follow suit. Sure. But they also tell you to not touch your face. I know, man. It's so hard when you got a luscious beard like I do, though, right? <laughs> it's hard, Brent. Well, here's where else it's hard. It's hard when you have allergies. Oh, yeah, Like, my sure. nose is always itchy, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I've yeah. always got an itch yep. because of the allergies. And the allergies, by the way, the Players' Championship, were all, they were, like, really heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could feel it in my throat and my eyes. I haven't been sneezing a lot, which is good. But every time I hear somebody say that, I, I feel like I'm in the process of, like, Itching my nose with the back of my hand. No, so, I've actually uh, caught myself doing it a couple times a day as well. Yeah, dude, like, I, I constantly, I didn't know I did it until someone told me, actually, in text messaging, watching the video, dude, you gotta stop touching your face. So, I guess, like, <laughs> oh, I was, somebody like, did tell you? Yeah, I guess I gotta, I, I, I prop my hand. You do that a beard. lot. I you do, do that man. a lot. So, like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sitting here now, like, just super, you know, like, hypersensitive to everything, super uncomfortable, but yeah, I guess you do what you gotta do, Brent. We're not uh, we're not making light of it. It's just no, reality. Not, I mean, it's kind of makes you rethink the way you do things, and you try to remind yourself of it. And it, uh, it it's it's a wild deal, you know. And I keep I was listening to doctors talk about it last night and today, and trying to educate, I guess, a little about it. So maybe we can share if we need to, or when the kids ask me about it. I learned something today I didn't even know. Like I didn't realize like you could have uh, the you could be carrying the virus like on you. And not get infected by it, mm-hmm. but still pass it along to somebody else. Scaring like, me. okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's weird to me. Like, I feel like if we're going to pass it, you are infected by it. Like, you've got the coronavirus. Uh, well, and that too, and I guess, like, it's not just passed through necessarily. Like, I was reading an article. It's from some university. I can't remember now. I've been reading so many articles lately. Uh, I've been going insane. But, like, supposedly, like, it doesn't really transmit through food, like, essentially it was thought. Now it's more just, like, it's obviously, like, the skin-to-skin contact, and then people touching their faces, obviously. Yep, sneezing, and, Yeah, coughing. sneezing, like, like that. So, like, food doesn't really, I guess, transmit it, but it's, listen, every single day, more information will come out about it, and obviously we can arm ourselves with that information and be more informed, 
but it, it's just a matter about like knowing what to read, knowing what's fake and stuff like that, and that you have to do your due diligence and your due process on that. Overall, uh, every few minutes we want to kind of remind you of of the situation. I mean, it's an historic day mm-hmm. in our sports world, and in 20 years I've been doing this, and I could do it for another 50, and I'm not sure we'll see this. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic and shut down the sports world. It, it has literally shut it down outside of maybe some entertainment. We'll talk about the wrestling in a little bit because when we talk wrestling, obviously the numbers go sky high. Oh, man, uh, so listen we'll to the people, that. Brent Cha-Ching. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, everything shut down. It's the reason why if you're watching the video feeds, we're at the University of North Florida. We are in the middle of their baseball diamond. Mm-hmm. And usually people won't let you in the middle of their infield. No, you know, man. The grounds crew here... Treats this thing as its baby. Do we? And we are in the middle of it, looking like we're at the beach. I say we just go on a road trip and go hit up every major, major league ballpark and just sit in the middle of the field because they're not using them right now. They are not using them. Some pretty good news, Brent. And, uh, and so this is what sports now looks yeah. like. And it's whether it's a baseball field, an arena, a football field, which, again, we'll talk about in a bit because they have not been impacted to the degree that all these other sports have, whether it's a hockey rink, whether it's a NASCAR uh, track, whether it's a golf course. Mm-hmm. Although your local muni probably, it's packed. I heard Southampton today was absolutely packed yeah. because I do think golf is a decent thing to get out and do. I don't know if it's the appropriate thing to do, but yeah. at least you can practice social distancing, which is the new buzz phrase of 2020. <laughs> um, but you can do that on a golf course. So yeah. this is it. And so we tried to illustrate that a little bit today. We are in a, on a campus that houses a bunch of spring sports. They should have had a game here tonight, but everything has been suspended or canceled. Mm-hmm. And this campus even is a ghost town. Now, I think spring break... Either it was last week or maybe we're in the middle of it, so that could be part of it. But they're not coming back. I think they're taking online classes, uh, and sports are not going to happen in the spring. And news we told you about at the top of the show, if you haven't heard yet, it sounds like the spring sport athletes will get their year of eligibility back. It, it gets difficult, though, from there. Now what? Like, what do you do with the scholarship rule? What do you do with incoming recruits? Mm -hmm. Do you have to expand rosters? There's a lot to digest. And the early indication is this year will not be taken away from athletes in spring sports. And I'm not just talking about seniors. No, it's everybody. I'm talking about every year of eligibility. Which to me is the right thing to do, though, Brent. Because to me, if you were just to use it just for the seniors... Well, then it's going to throw everything out of whack because now you're going to top load all your rosters because it's going to be more upperclassmen. So like it's not fair to the, the, the younger classmen coming up because now there's not enough scholarships to go around. So at least like from the standpoint of you know if you're a freshman, if you're a sophomore, if you're a junior, if you're a senior, you know you get you get your year back. At least now it's on an even playing field. Like the thing that I, I worried about because I actually uh, I, I texted the group this story because I want to talk about it a little bit. Well, lo and behold, they actually announced that you know the, they're going to give the scholarships are going to honor those or they're going to honor another year so there's nothing really to talk about but from the standpoint i'm glad that everybody is going through it it's not just the seniors because that way it keeps everything balanced now like you said what do you do with the incoming freshmen right and to me i mean obviously i think the red shirt's always going to be available especially at the bigger schools where maybe the roster spots are already locked up so i think that the red shirt definitely comes into play a little bit um i think then sibley has to look into do you expand the rosters just for a couple years but then when you expand the rosters brent well then when's the cutoff for that right like when do you stop expanding the roster so a lot of questions have to go into it and listen I get that we harp on the NCAA nonstop, and, and I'm, I'm guilty as anybody, man. I have a lot of problems with the NCAA. 
but I think in terms of how they at least handled these spring sports so far with everything that's gone down, I'm not mad at them for shutting the sports down. I'm not mad at universities for not having baseball right now, track and field, you name it. Not mad at that at all. And I'm actually pretty impressed with how the NCAA has handled this so swiftly in terms of saying with these spring athletes that you guys can come back next season or, you know, if you're a senior, obviously, but you're not going to get accredited for that year, um, you know, of your year of eligibility. I think it will be fascinating to watch. Again, there is a lot that has to take place before they figure out exactly how it's going to go. But initially... I think that part has to happen. You've got to give these kids, these, these young men and women, a chance to play that year of eligibility. This is very unique. It's a unique time. It'll be unique the way it's handled. And if that means roster expansion, some help with scholarships, whatever that might be, loosening of the rules in this one instance, they're going to have to do it. I just don't know the protocol. I don't know how it's going to go down. Uh, it can be a very confusing topic, but we'll see what the NCAA has to say about it. Interestingly, I just saw another tweet. I've seen a couple of tweets about the NCAA tournament, March Madness. One said that there was consideration to have a 16-team tournament for a weekend mm-hmm. in Atlanta then, and play it out as your national championship. But then can you imagine those 16 teams, though, Brent? Like, if you want to say who got snubbed from a college football playoff, who got snubbed from a round of 64 in the NCAA tournament, well, now imagine what the reaction will be like getting snubbed from a, a field of 16. Uh, I don't know how they would have done it, and I think that's yeah. why they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very interesting. Uh, what else we have uh, from the NCAA? I just saw another one. They are considering releasing the 68 tournament, the 68 team field mm-hmm. that would have played in the NCAA tournament. I'm not so sure can, I want to see that so or use, not. Use our imaginations. What are we supposed to do with well, that? Well, I think it's a I think it's a nod. Okay. Right. Like, like yeah. If, you're... Let's just take UNF for example. If they had won the A Sun, mm-hmm. first of all, they'd be devastated around here, which they probably are at schools all over the place that won automatic bids to go to the NCAA tournament. Sure. But they would be devastated that they couldn't play in the NCAA tournament. The exposure, uh, the chance to win a tournament game, the chance for those kids to go play. Again, everybody's lives are being turned upside down. There's a lot of. Uh, uh, inconveniences, mm-hmm. so it's all trivial to a degree. But again, you know, we talk sports, and and this is part of the sports world. So at that, you're like, man, missed out on that opportunity. But would a Liberty, would a Hofstra, would a Belmont, uh, do <coughs> they do they at said, least said the B word there, Brent? Careful. Do they at least want to see their name called the bubble teams? Did they make it? Is there a yeah. sense of accomplishment? Do you frame the picture? of the 68-team tournament as a memory, you know, because that is your memory of that basketball season. For some that will choose, by the way, not to – well, first of all, the, the, the winter season doesn't matter. Like, they're done. I mean, those years yeah. of eligibility are it's done. Over. In the spring, I think there will be some that choose not to use that year of eligibility, even if granted. But that's your keepsake of the year. And uh, it, it's in, in a very unique way. Yeah. It's a story to tell. And so to see your name on that bracket – I don't know, man. I think if I was on one of those teams, I might want to see my name on the bracket. See, I think maybe from a fan's perspective, from a debating perspective, obviously people want to see that, right? Because then we can see, oh, well, I can't believe they didn't make it. And why didn't they, you know, stuff like that. So you can go back and forth there. But I think from a student athlete standpoint, you know, like, listen, you play college basketball because you want to go to the tournament. 
and you you want to be under those bright lights. You you want to play in all those games, man, and you want to be on the road with your friends, and you want to be in the hotel rooms of new cities. Like it's it's a lot more than just seeing your name on the bracket. There's so much more I think that comes with it. You know, and I didn't, I didn't play collegiate basketball, but I'm, I'm just comparing it to college football right now, and. I think that if they were just to kind of release the bracket and say, hey, you guys can frame this and enjoy that, no, man, because that, 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 that's not really a memory. I mean, obviously it's a memory of, yeah, it was a crazy year. We had this coronavirus, and we couldn't even play in the tournament. But to me, man, th- that doesn't do much for student-athletes, okay? Because, like, once again, it, it's more about the memories, and unfortunately – you don't get a chance to make those memories, you know, because it was taken away from you and it was out of your control. It, it wasn't even your fault. So you essentially don't get to play your last game like every kid, you know, whether you win or you lose, you always remember your last game. Well, they don't even get to experience that just because it was taken away from them. So I'm from the standpoint, I honestly probably wouldn't want it framed, Brent, to tell you the truth. I, I, I wouldn't want to see the bracket if I was a, a, a collegiate basketball Interesting. player. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like keepsakes. Sure. I've got about 50 framed things in my room downstairs, <laughs> which now with no sports for the next few months, I might be able to clean out. It might well, be a show hey, topic. What, there you go. Yeah, yeah plenty of Lysol wipes. Well, i got to be able to walk in the room first. That's how much stuff's in there. Gotcha. That'll be a show topic, by the way, in like two weeks. What are you doing that you wouldn't have been able to get to because you were too busy drinking and watching the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Coos, I don't want to hear your responses. Uh, I'd have like 20 questions. Coos, <laughs> yeah, you would have 20 instead of 10. Very good. Uh, do you have the Drury Coach? I, I know. I don't know if you were able to download that yet. Um, I, I'm surprising you here. Um, but are you able to get that, or we can listen to it later if you don't have it? I don't have it at the moment. Let me see. Okay, well, no, don't worry about it. We'll get it in a little bit. But the Drury yeah. coach was pretty emotional about the seniors and telling the seniors. Well, all the coaches had to do that mm-hmm. all across the country. And, well, and again, I, I, again, I'm going to say it. I know there's a lot going on. I know there's a lot of things that are bigger than a kid not playing another game in college, uh, all those things. And I think they know that, too. Mm-hmm. But as somebody said, and I think you had the, the, the uh, Facebook post or whatever from uh, Wisconsin Wrestling, yeah. and that was, you can still be mad about it. Yeah, I mean, you can still be upset about it. You work a long time. Think about, you know, you start thinking about Olympians and if yeah. they cancel the Olympics. Yeah. I, I said yesterday, the one that hit home for me is because we did this, and this was awesome. And you only do it when you're 12 years old, uh, when Ty went to Cooperstown with his baseball team. That is one of the great memories I think Ty will have for the rest of his life. And it's a great memory for us as a family. But that young man that uh, somebody told me about on social media, that family, and maybe others all across the country that can't wait to go to Cooperstown. They save for like a year to go to Cooperstown. They won't be able to do that. Again, trivial, maybe. Memories, yeah. Can you be mad about it? Absolutely. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you want me to, to kind of read Yeah, it read first? with it because yeah, it was pretty so, good. Yeah, Wisconsin wrestling coach here. Um, and listen, and, and, and these statements, that they're all around. I mean, it's not just the Wisconsin. Yeah, neighbor, but I think but, you put but, it in pretty good perspective. But, but, but I thought he did a really – and this is actually just passed on to me from a couple people, so I thought I would share it. But all right. So um, this stems from – it's track wrestling, but this was taken from uh, the Wisconsin wrestling coach uh, Chris Bono, I believe. Uh, and, I, and I quote, I understand why it's being done. And keep in mind, uh, the NCAA wrestling tournament, Brent, was supposed to be this weekend in Minnesota. Okay? They just had the, the, the Big Ten championships, had all the, the, uh, the conference championships, and now the wrestlers were prepared to go to Minnesota. They announced that fans would not be able to enter, just the wrestlers. That's fine, obviously. And then, obviously, I think yesterday is when they announced that there will be no more wrestling this year. So this is the quote. I understand why it's being done, but it doesn't mean that I cannot be upset, mad, angry, or hurt, and all the motions that go into this. Most of all, hurt, 
not just for my student-athletes, but all student-athletes that can't go out there and compete. There are, there are a couple of kids crying. You have the young freshmen looking at you in disbelief. I've got two six-year seniors on my team who came back from major injuries, and they're devastated. They're at a loss for words. They don't know where to go. That's the problem. What do we do next? We can't have practice tomorrow. All of our guys have to get out of the building. They're shutting down the facility, so where do we go? It's the uncertainty. You can't move on until you know what's going on. Oh, it's uh, it's well said. Yeah. Um, and it's part of it. Kuz, uh, uh, hold on for a minute because i got some breaking news. Uh, the Jaguars have tagged Yannick Ngakwe, the non-exclusive franchise tag. All right. So that has come out, uh, and uh, that is happening. So uh, I guess to... Nobody's surprised. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, it's it's warm outside. Another breaking news. Um, it's a, it's a nice day outside. Another breaking news. It's pretty quiet right now. Another breaking news. Yeah, but of course you got a franchise tag, Yannick Ngakwe, man. That gives you the best chance to win going forward. Uh, the question is what happens now after it. But yeah, I'm not surprised at all, Brent. Okay, well the question is what happens after it is right. What happens after it? Yeah. What's the reaction from the Yannick? It's expected, right? So it's right. not like oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. You know, it, it, it all depends to who you think is bluffing here. Do you think Yannick Ngakwe, uh, you know, uh, means what he says? Do you think that he's going to stick to his guns? Or do you think that the almighty high dollar will always remain king? And I think, and I've been pretty adamant about this with Yannick Ngakwe, I think Yannick Ngakwe prides himself more on loyalty and how he feels even more than money, Brent. So I, I I picture this thing being a long drawn out process, assuming that he doesn't get traded first. Um, if there is not a taker, if there is not a suitor, and he is forced on the Jacksonville Jaguars for the upcoming season, I think it could, could be a pretty ugly thing going forward. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's how it works. Uh, there's some, you know, uh, official language with the franchise tag, non exclusive franchise tag, but uh, nineteen point three million dollars. Yeah. At first bluff. <laughs> was it a bluff <laughs> by Yannick Ngakwe two weeks ago to say, I'm not going to sign a long-term deal in Jacksonville? Now, I think it's important to note, if you go back to that tweet that made big news last Monday, not this past one, but two Mondays ago, he said, I'm not signing a long-term deal. I love you, Duval, but mm-hmm. not staying in Jacksonville long-term. He did not say, I won't play under the franchise tag. Sure. That was not language. Now, it also wasn't official. That was part of the gamesmanship, the chess moves that were to be made. But let's that be was his move that he made at the time. Sure, Brent, but a, but a guy who talks about going to new spots, waving the checkered flag, all this stuff, not giving any indication that he wants to stay in Jacksonville, I think one would assume, at least I assume, that if the franchise tag was to come along, which it now has, I think he's going to try not to honor that and do everything in his power to get out of Jacksonville. Yeah, it, it, well, and so here's the deal on that front. So what happens next is really nothing uh, until he has to, I mean, he doesn't have to sign it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could say, I'm not signing it for a while, and you could get, you could hold out. You're losing about a million plus a game uh, if you, as soon as you leave, it, you know, you start missing game checks. And then on top of that, if he pushes it to, I think, I want to say it's like early November, then you, that accrued year, he could lose that as well. And most players won't want to lose that, right? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. This is, see, this is where I'm standing on this whole thing, right? Because we've had guys like Le'Veon Bell. We've had guys like Melvin Gordon who have held out, right? And they've held out in the hopes of getting more money. 
Now, in terms of Melvin Gordon, let's be honest, Brent, that backfired in his face, right? Because yep. he holds out, doesn't get a new contract. Didn't Austin, get paid all those weeks. Didn't get paid all those weeks. Austin Eckler takes over for him. He shines. Austin Eckler signs a new contract with the, San Diego, or the Los Angeles Chargers. And Melvin Gordon looking for a new team now. So from that perspective, it didn't work out. One could argue from Le'Veon Bell's perspective that it didn't work out either. Like, yeah, I, I get it. You signed a new contract with the Jets, but keep in mind, he didn't make money that entire year. Now, listen, I, I'm very adamant about players always believing in themselves. I, 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 I'll say that until I'm not in the show anymore. So I'm not mad that they did that because they, they believed in their abilities and it didn't work out for him. You took a swing, you missed. Okay, now in the case of Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown actually benefited from believing in himself, right? He leaves Pittsburgh. He actually makes more money in Oakland. Now, what happened after that, obviously, um, it is what it is there. I don't have to get into it all again. So from Ngakwe's perspective, listen, I think what's best for everybody in my, in my eyes would be a trade. I think if the Jaguars do not trade him and he stays on the team, I'll be honest with you, Brent, and listen, and I'm always a guy that says you got to believe yourself, you got to believe in yourself, but it's hard – when that much money's up for grabs, all right. When 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 nineteen something million dollars is up for grabs, it's it's hard to justify, you know, um, walking away from that. And I'm not saying that he should. He shouldn't. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is his own man. He can do what he wants. But man, it's just, I just hope that he gets what he wants. The Jaguars get what they want in, in a trade. Well, and that and, way it benefits everybody. And that's how, that's the best way to remedy the situation. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's a perfect remedy for the Jags because I think the best remedy for the Jags is for them to keep Yannick Ngakwe for the next five years of course. and have Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe as this tandem going into the prime time of their careers and really the young stages of Josh Allen. But he looks like he's going to be the real deal. Yann has delivered great numbers. Mm-hmm. And so you can have, I will say it again. I've said it multiple times and apologies for repeating myself. But, hey, we get new listeners every day. Yeah, we do. And I have said this, I think the Jaguars to have Jan and Josh Allen at the age of 25 or under, two premier pass rushers, gives the Jacksonville Jaguars, of all teams, something that nobody else in the league has. Sure, can you find me two pass rushers that you like, And but are they 25 or under? I don't think so. They would have something that nobody else has at a premier position. Yes, there's been a deep search for the quarterback. I get it. They don't have that yet. We don't know if they have that. They might have that on their roster. We just don't know. But we would know they have two premier pass rushers in a premier position at a young age that can give them another three, four, five years down the road, and maybe even more than that. Mm -hmm. So to me, that is, from a logic standpoint, says, that's what I need if I'm the Jags. That's what I want if I'm the Jags. That's what I want if I'm Shad Khan, Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell, any coach on that staff, any teammate in that locker room. But we also know the reality of the situation is the bridge is broken. Can they mend things? Money talks. Can the Jags now get what would be secondary, in my opinion, and that is what they feel they need in return to feel good. And I go back to the Jalen Ramsey thing. They did not want to move Jalen Ramsey. That was not their intention. But once they got what they wanted and said, okay, we can handle that, that's good for the Jags too, then they said, we'll move on it. This wasn't like we're shopping them, we want They turned down other offers. You know, they didn't listen to some teams. They didn't want to move on. They wanted to keep Jalen Ramsey at least last year. Uh, but they got what they wanted. 
can the Jags get what they feel like they want in return for Yannick Ngakwe in a trade? And that is very much up in the air. One, because I don't know exactly what the Jags feel they need for him. Mm-hmm. Now, you can throw two first-rounders out there at me, but we all know they're not getting two first-rounders. So what is it that the Jaguars could get that they would feel comfortable with and feel like, you know what, Jan got what he want. We don't want an unhappy player here. If he doesn't want to be here, that's fine. But we feel good about what we got in return as well. That's an unanswerable question at the time from a football standpoint. And only the Jags know that, and only other teams that might be willing to give them that. Uh, there might not be many on that list. Yeah, you know, like where if you're to say, if you get a first-rounder for Jan, well, essentially... From the outside looking in, well, then what? You you get a, a value back on your return, right? Because you spent a third round pick on him. If you sell him for a first round pick, that's a that's a profit, you know, in all businesses, right? But in football, it's different though, Brent, right? Because with Yannick Ngakwe, like yes, you took him in the third round. His numbers speak for themselves, right? Now, someone could say he declined last year, and I'll go ahead and tell you he had a hamstring injury, and I don't think he was that bad. He still got after the quarterback, and of all the game-changing plays that occurred last year, a lot of them came from Yannick Ngakwe, okay? So I can tell you that. You can go ahead and tell me that, uh, you know, you have to get what you can get from him and just get him out because he doesn't want to be there, and I'll tell you, I agree with that, but you got to remember how much, I guess, capital that he's built up in that locker room, right? Like, the, the the stats on the field are one thing, but him being a leader, him kind of showing Josh Allen the way a little bit and all that stuff, like that also comes with a price tag, Brent. So if you were to get a first-rounder for him, would you, what would I do it personally? I'd probably ask for a little more. I, I would definitely be greedy because I think Yannick Ngakwe is worth more than just a first-rounder. Now, maybe a first and a third, something like that, okay. But if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I would play – Hardball. I, I honestly would, and, and wait for it until that offer comes around where it's too good to refuse. I, I would yeah. honestly do that. And I think a lot of that gamble is, do you think he will play on the tag or not? That could yeah. be part of it, which would give you more time to try to mend the fence, so to speak. How about the Jags with a Friday afternoon news drop, drop in the middle of the coronavirus? Man. With the Jags tagging Yannick Ngakwe, which we knew pretty much was a formality they had until Monday uh, to do it. We'll be back live from University of North Florida. More on the Yon situation. Will he play under the tag? What do you think it's next on ESPN 690. You know, I wasn't going to do this, you know, these interviews, but I think we need to represent, I need to represent my team and the university and our program and just kind of celebrate their accomplishments. Because what I had to do just then, tell them their season had come to the end was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, especially for our seniors who have essentially worked their whole athletic career to make it to this point. And it's just a tough pill to swallow right now. That is the Drury women's basketball coach. Drury in the state of Illinois plays Division II basketball. Head coach uh, Molly Miller, I believe, is her name. Uh, hopefully I'm, I'm looking at the right tweet here. But uh, they have an excellent program, number one in the country. And she it was very emotional in talking about how she had to tell their seniors who had a very good chance maybe to win a national championship. And by the way, uh, Drury and my alma mater of Ashland University have a nice little rivalry going. Oh, nice. They both are two of the best teams in women's basketball in Division II yeah. year after year, really this past decade or so. And uh, so you can see the emotion. That was, that's a tough deal. Uh, and like I've said earlier, here at the University of North Florida, all the spring teams had those similar conversations. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the men's basketball team was likely going to play in a postseason tournament. Yeah. They thought they were, at, even after they lost last Thursday. Yeah. As the days moved on, they said, uh-oh, now we're not going to. So they but, didn't even was, truly know that game was their last game because yeah. they expected to play another one. But that's happened at campuses all over the country. Well, it happens at high schools, too. You know, I was telling the story when we first got here that my old high school, I was Scandinavia, they're going to state. You know, that they won sectionals last night in Kimberly in a town it was called, I believe, and... Like, you know, obviously they had to limit the number of fans that were at the the game, but they win, they win sectionals, they're going to state, and all of a sudden it gets announced today that there will be no state games, you know, and it it would have been the first time ever, um, if they were to win, I'm sure they were probably the favorites, where, you know, Iola Scandinavia would have brought a state championship home for basketball, so... Listen, man, like, I, like I, I can't imagine the college kids. I can't imagine the high school kids this is all happening to because, like I kind of talked about a couple segments ago, man, it's it's one thing where, and it just happens to pretty much every single collegiate kid or high school kid, unless you're a champion, where you lose your last game, all right? But, like, your coach comes in, and they, they kind of say, you know, this is about, this is what life is sometimes. It's not going to always go your way, but you have each other, you know, and, and you get those, you get those, those speeches that you really need to hear, especially as you're on your way out, usually, um, in terms of a collegiate athlete, even a high school athlete getting ready to go to college. And all those kids, Brent, they're, they're, they're stripped of that speech. They're stripped of those moments. And I, I'll be honest here, man. I, I'm sitting here and I really have no aspirations, um, to ever be a coach in anything, but like, I can't imagine if you're a coach of those teams and you're walking in that locker room and you're not telling your team, like, hey, it was a great season, like, you, you, you did good, I mean, we we didn't pull it out in the last second, but you know what, I'm still proud of you guys. You just literally got to tell your team that we're not playing anymore and, and it's not your fault. and It's something that we did. It's it's beyond our control. I can't imagine how those speeches go down. Yeah, not easy. Uh, by the way, if you ever were a coach of the team, I hope you wouldn't have a clean-shaven policy. <laughs> oh, no. Heck, heck no, man. You know <laughs> you know, I'm rocking beard all day. Dude. Absolutely. Uh, Coaching football, not, not basketball. Absolutely is <laughs> right. Uh, hey, one, uh, you know, we've been doing kind of, we usually do balling and falling on the show. Yeah. Listen, it seems like our whole sports world has fallen, but there are signs of balling. We mentioned Billy Horschel a couple of times. Yep. How about the NBA guys? Giannis and Kevin Love. Uh, also, uh, Florida Panthers goalie, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. Gosh, did I say that right? You sound confident. You're good. You get, it sounds good to me. They've each pledged $100,000 of their money to support arena workers whose earnings are impacted by the current league shutdowns. That yeah. is a really cool thing. And I think Mark Cuban, we played him yesterday yeah. on the show. He had talked about what are we going to do for those folks. That is an element of this. People's livelihoods depend on that, whether it's security, concessions, whatever it might yeah. be inside those arenas and ballparks and, and other things. Um, it's a big factor here. And listen, I'm not going to tell any professional athlete how to spend their money, Brent, but uh, we, we kind of texted about this, too, before the show. I mean, when I was with the Jaguars, or actually any, any NFL team, when I was playing for them, it was around the holidays, you know, we would all pitch in in the locker room, and we'd all just kind of get a pot going, yeah. right? And then that money would be given to all the workers in the stadium, or else we, you know, we give our own money just like as a little bonus to like the, the physical training staff, the equipment guys. You know, I mean, just a little extra bonus, just saying, hey, we appreciate all you do. Obviously, you don't make near as enough money as we do, so we just want to show our appreciation and you know, and Merry Christmas and things like that. So that happens in every NFL locker room. I, I assume it probably happens. I mean, granted, you know, we play around the holidays of Christmas. Um, I assume it happens in the NBA as well. I'm not sure how baseball operates and all those things, but I think this is an opportunity, especially with the NBA right now, especially with Major League Baseball, where 
you got to think of it if you're a professional athlete on the bigger spectrum right now. And you got to think of all those people that you maybe you see every single day as you're coming through the gate, those people that, you know, wash your clothes and things like that. Well, they're they're hurting for probably for a job right now, right? And and, and they're trying to feed their families. And I think, you know, if, if you can give a little bit, I think anything helps, man. But like, like we said, we've got guys like Giannis leading the way. Um, I'd expect n- nothing less from those guys. And listen, once again, not going to tell people how to spend their money, but I think it's a, it's a good gesture. Um, I, I think, you know, with Mark Cuban coming out and saying he's going to set up some kind of, I guess, fund, fund yeah. yeah, basically, to help the, the employees of, you know, of, of his arena, uh, I think that's all great stuff, man, that needs to be done. Well, it's a good call, and I love the perspective when you shared that with me on the group text uh, today about getting ready for the show. Yeah. It's a really good perspective. You live that life, and you're right about that, those Christmas bonuses. That does happen in locker rooms yeah. uh, all across the NFL, but I think it does happen in Major League Baseball clubhouses, NHL, the, and, and all the teams. So a uh, really good call there. I think I like I love that idea of it. Um, and maybe, by the way, uh, now that they just saw the Dow Jones go up 2,000 points once uh, $50 billion was opened up uh, because of the uh, national emergency, maybe they'll all feel a little bit at ease about it. Did you get a Christmas bonus in the locker room, Brent, for the Jaguars? No. Did anybody slip you anything? No. I figured as much. Will Jan give us a Christmas bonus? (laughs) Will he be here at Christmas? That's the question. Uh, That's what we're getting to. Uh, I know we're kind of mixing in coronavirus talk and how it's impacted sports, and that's one of the reasons we're here at the University of North Florida. But the big news just broke uh, in the last 20 minutes or so, and that is Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, the non-exclusive franchise tag was placed on him by the Jacksonville Jaguars. This, listen, is a formality. If you've listened to our show, we told you this was going to happen, and we're not geniuses for telling you it's going to happen. I think everybody anticipated this would be the move that would happen. We knew a deal was not getting done. Uh, Now the Jags can do three things. Jan can do one of three things. This is how it ends. He plays under the tag in 2020, $19.3 million. They come to an agreement on an extension. He's still a free agent, but they have his rights. So they can negotiate with him like he's a free agent. They can also shop him. And they, his agent, his camp can also look for some deals, I believe. And they might be able to bring a deal to the table. So the question is, does he play under the tag? Come to a long-term agreement, extension. Which, by the way, the last time the Jags used the franchise tag, they did that with Josh Scobie. They tagged them and then came to an agreement on extension. They just bought themselves more time to do so. Or does he get traded away? Those are the three options, right? Yep. Which one's that? Which one happens? I think. Listen, I always say what well, we always say: well, when there's smoke, there's fire. And I think with some of these, you know, reports going on with the Seahawks, maybe the Redskins, you know, just you know, just narratives here and there. I think it's going to happen where he's getting traded. And I think if you look at what the, with the Jaguars, the moves that they made, you know, with AJ Boye now, obviously, what happens with Clayus Campbell, but you're obviously trying to plan for the future, if not, you know, play for the present now, but obviously plan for the future as well. So with that being said, I think they do everything in their power to try to trade him, obviously get the most value, and plan for a life without Yannick Ngakwe going forward. Your thoughts? Place your bets. I think he's playing on the franchise tag. Okay. I don't think there's an agreement coming in place. I think you have now. I don't think they're going to get the trade value they want. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to budget $19.3 million. They just obviously did. Yeah, yeah, they're committed. (laughs) I think they are going to plan from a football standpoint, in a mental way, in a coaching way, in a planning way, from a scheme perspective, and a draft perspective, a free agency perspective, and you watch the moves they make now the next month and a half. Mm -hmm. Assuming everything does go according to plan in terms of the calendar. 
And I think they will look at 2020 as we are planning without Yannick Ngakwe as he's going to sit out. But I think he will play under the tag. I don't think he's going to pass up million-plus every week. I think he loves playing football. I don't think he'll be the happiest of guys. I think it will be very reminiscent of this past year because I think he's a true professional, uh, and I think he loves the game that much. He's prideful in his play. He's not going to go out there and put half-ass tape out there. No. Uh, he's not that guy. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to suck this one up a little bit and play and say, you know what? I'm going to take my $19 million to the bank, and I'm going to go get a big deal somewhere else next year. I think that's what he's going to have to do. Now, I also don't – it's not far-fetched in my mind, although I've had enough conversations where this seems very unlikely at the moment, just being honest with you. I've had enough of these conversations about this situation where it seems very, very unlikely they can come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. Like Everybody says you can always do it. It's a phone. I've even said that in the past. This one feels different. So I'm just telling you where I stand now. But the more time goes by, what do they say, time heals? I think there's a chance that they can get together on something. And maybe at some point, I'll give you my Labor Day thing again, or in like early December, depending on how he plays and all that stuff, do you end up getting a long-term agreement? I just don't think they're going to get what they want in return in the trade market. For Yannick Ngakwe, I don't feel like they are going to get it. And I don't know what they're asking for, but I think it's going to be pretty hefty. And I'm not sure people are going to do that and then sign Yannick. Again, the teams are shrunk. Mm-hmm. Sure, a lot of teams would love to pay Yann, no doubt about it. But I also believe you have to be able to trade and willing to trade parts away, capital away, and then sign him. So that really shrinks the pool of teams that would be interested in that kind of maneuver. And I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think the Jags are just going to let him go for hardly nothing. Hardly anything. So I think this ends up being Yannick Ngakwe playing on a franchise tag, not being a happy camper, getting in late in August, but playing his butt off because that's what Yann does. And maybe on the outside chance that they come together at some point during the season, whether from Labor Day or like early December, and, and somehow something changes in this whole situation where they come to peace with each other and he gets the money, uh, or at least they can come to the middle on, on money and dollars and all that stuff, and he's here for a long time. I give it a very small, small chance of that happening, but uh, I think he plays on the tag this year. Let's go to Brent Martinoland for a second. All right, let's go to Brent Martinoland where the Masters is still happening. Tiger Woods' back's feeling pretty good, and Yannick Ngakwe is indeed going to play on that franchise take. My question to you, what does that do for the locker room if you do have to deal with Yannick Ngakwe? Obviously being frustrated, obviously being ticked off, what does it do for just the culture, number one, and number two, the locker room? It's uh, a good question. Um, I just looked in my mirror. Now I have to shake it up again. <laughs> Uh, Sounds like a segment, Brent. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, listen, I really respect Jan's professionalism. Yeah. I do. I, I think this is frustrating for him. I, I think there are reasons he should be frustrated, angry at the Jags. Um, I, I don't know all the details, and I can't put myself in that spot necessarily. Mm. I think he did all the right things last year. I think the Jags want to try to do the right things and make up for it. 
whether he wants to give them that chance or not. I think they're trying to. I think that's a little bit of even the news drop here on a Friday with coronavirus talk all over the place and just kind of sliding it in instead of on Monday or on Sunday or whenever else and being the lone thing. I think it's actually a nod to Jan in a way, to not be like, hey, look at us. We flexed and used our, our franchise under, tag. Uh, under the carpet a yeah. little bit. Because yeah, yeah. I'm otherwise I'm trying to think, why would they Friday news drop this? Yeah. You know, If they wanted to flex and say, look at the power we have, they could have done it earlier in the week because we knew they were doing it. Mm-hmm. They could have done Sunday when this stuff dies. They almost did it as the president is talking and claiming a national emergency. Yeah. They slid this thing as far under the carpet as they could mm-hmm. in terms of news drops. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are famous for Friday afternoon, Friday evening news drops, you know, when everybody's already out of the office. Yeah, yeah, the Jags yeah, yeah. just did that. Yeah. And I think they did it as a not to not kind of rub it into ya, to kind of be like, oh, look what we did. You know what I mean? I don't know if sure. that's what it shows. I really don't. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out why they would do it at this juncture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what maybe they were thinking. I really don't. I haven't, honestly, I haven't talked to anybody about why they did it now, but that's my guess. And so, yeah, the locker room dynamic – I guess what I almost want to say to you, and I don't think it's going to be a mess. First of all, I don't think Jan's going to be in there very much. I think he's going to be out of I think he's going to hold out for as long as you can hold out. I don't think he's going to be a part of it, and people are going to respect that because they respect the business side. All football players respect the business side. You know, until yeah. it starts hurting them in games. Now, you could get to September and be like, where is he? Come on. But I don't think they do that with this situation because they know how this has played out. They know how he played last year. They have a respect for him in terms of how he plays. But one of the caveats of this is do guys like Calais Campbell stick around mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, here's what's going on, young guy. Don't worry about him. He'll take care of it. He'll be ready to go. Uh, so I would say I'm not concerned about the locker room dynamic of how it plays out. I'm really just concerned if I have Jan playing football or not because right now, again, this football team needs to win games. Yeah. I think they're better with Yannick Ngakwe on the roster than anyone they're going to try to fill that void with mm-hmm. in 2020. I also think they would be better planning that they have Yannick Ngakwe for whatever scheme and whatever defense and whatever wrinkles they want to put in. And they won't have the luxury of that because they are not going to know what Jan is thinking. Yeah. They are not going to know how much he's going to say, I'm, I'm skipping the first month, I'm skipping the first two months, I'm missing the first game. They will not be able to plan on having Yannick Ngakwe under that franchise tag. That will be a cat and mouse game. And so I think it really affects what kind of planning they might want to do. I didn't buy it last year with the whole 4-3-3-4 defense, and they couldn't do things because Jan missed 11 uh, practices uh, in, in August. I didn't buy that. Mm-hmm. But I will buy it this year. If they want to throw wrinkles in, they quite frankly, we have no idea if Yannick Ngakwe is going to play for the first 8 to 10 weeks of this season. And they don't either. Yeah, I guess where I'm coming from, Brent, is listen, I, I think of the 2019 season as a huge cut. Okay, it was just it was a huge blow for everybody. It didn't go the way everybody thought it was going to go and it was a nightmare, okay? So, you have this cut from 2019. The 2020 season, you essentially you have a band-aid in Yannick Ngakwe over the cut. And what do they say? What's the best way to take off a band-aid? You rip it right off. You don't just kind of poke and prod at it. I think that the more that this Yannick Ngakwe thing comes to fruition where he's going to sit out, you know, training camp. He wants to, you know, he wants to get traded and all this stuff starts coming to the media, the worse that it hurts the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, does it hurt the locker room per se? I'm not sure, man, because I'm reminded of Jalen Ramsey last year and I don't think like the locker room in general was really affected that much. Now, we we saw uh 
Marcel was it Marcel Darius with his back kind of make a joke a little bit. So like yeah, there yeah, was yeah, little yeah, standpoints yeah. of that. So obviously they took note of it, but I don't think they were affected that much. But I'm just saying from a team whose optics have been nothing but horrible the past year and a half. To have this Yannick Ngakwe situation now, where you're just kind of always poking, it's all, it's always kind of there, it's always kind of festering. I think th- what I want to see happen, and maybe you do have to take a little bit of a cut here, Brent. Maybe you have to look at yourself and say, you know what, we're not going to get a first round pick, and maybe something else for Yannick Ngakwe. We may not even get a first round pick for him, but you got to ask yourselves: Is do we want to rip this bandaid off, get rid of it, and move on, or do we want to just keep festering with it, keep playing with it, and keep having these optics come at us? They're and not going to do that here. I th- well, I'm just, I'm thinking they'll hold their ground on this one. Okay, go go ahead and hold your ground. Why the whole, the entire NFL world keeps saying, "Oh, look at Yannick Ngakwe. He's stuck in Jacksonville. Doesn't want to be there." And keep seeing how those optics pay out for you, especially when you're concerned about free agents and things like that. I will say this, Austin. I I think you are not wrong in terms of the optics of of whatever the last eight months to a year, whatever it is. Yeah. So I get what you're saying, but I will. I feel like the Jalen Ramsey optic thing was kind of a mess right in the middle of the season, asking for a trade, the fake bag. The this, the that. That was, and Jalen being Jalen. Jan's a professional guy. Jan's not doing that. No, I know he's cryptic tweeting and he he does that stuff. But this is more the business of the NFL. We see this happen. We see this this franchise tag and people not like it. We see that just. I don't know about annually, but every couple of years. This is not that different but than Brent, normal a, business This sometimes. is a business where the guy doesn't want to be here anymore. I right? know. He, he's come out and said that. This isn't an unusual franchise tag where the guy just wants his money, he gets his money, and everybody's all hunky-dory again. First time this week I said that, by the way. Yeah. No, that's, that's four, though, in the last two four weeks. Four in the last two weeks. No, that's not it at all, Brent. The guy doesn't want to be here anymore. So it is a different element. The Him not wanting to be in Jacksonville is definitely part of the storyline. It's a storyline that we will be talking about. You are right that he doesn't want to be in Jacksonville. I fully believe he doesn't want to be in Jacksonville. The outside world still believes like this is a negotiation ploy. Okay. You know what I mean? I think the average person, people around the NFL think, hey, this is part of the negotiation stuff. Yeah. Because we've seen it before. That's my point. But I couldn't tell you when we've seen it the last time if that guy really wanted out or if he was just trying to leverage for more money. Sure. And I think the outside world kind of looks at this like, well, this happens from time to time. Yeah. That's why I'm saying this a little bit different, and they're willing to swallow it on but, this one. Well, all I'm saying is, though, man, you franchise take him now. He doesn't. He wants to get out of here. If you keep pushing him and keep pushing him, keep backing him in a corner, eventually there's going to be retaliation. And the last thing you want to do is Yannick Ngakwe start to blast the team on social media and in interviews because he has to because he's feeling cornered. Because then what happens? Yeah, and we haven't seen that side. We vocally. haven't seen it yet. But he's always invited on the show. Happens. Action Sports yeah. Jackson, ESPN six nine. Give us a call. Yeah, nine zero four three six two. Uh, nine nine zero one. We'll come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety live from University of North Florida. I've got some more cancellations, and it does have to do with football. That's next. Well, there were a lot of tears for sure, me included. I started off my speech probably the first four minutes, four and a half, just kind of explaining. And then when I started looking at each of the players individually and thought about all the commitments that guys had made, whether it be their role and, and, and giving up stats for the betterment of the team, all those things that we talk about. At that point, I broke down. Um, several of the players broke down. An emotional day across college sports. Eric Musselman from Arkansas on Golik and Wingo this morning on ESPN 690. You can listen 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, as we all now search of what to talk about over the next few weeks. Like Today's not oh, hard. I think we have next answer, week, though. probably not bad. I mean, uh, after that, we'll see. Uh, listen, man, we're creative. There's a, I'm just saying, we Brent, there's a, there's a couple sports out there that are still going strong at the moment. Now, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. I will say. But I'm just saying. 
I think this is great opportunity for us. Okay. I mean, if we successfully are able to do this over the next couple of months. Yeah. I mean, well, the flip here in town so, in, the, in the ratings. So here, the, the tattoo that might be coming. Here's what I was thinking. show opportunities that might present itself. Sorry, well, Jacksonville. Very excited about the tattoo. Go ahead, Kuz. I'll let you go first. Here's what I'm thinking. So 20 minutes before show starts, we do a live stream. You guys play one-on-one different sports. That way everybody can watch, you know, if they want to see basketball, say Tuesday, oh, Brent, Brent Austin yeah. one-on-one. I mean, unless it's golf or it's baseball, <laughs> Brent's going to be feeling pretty nervous about himself. I, I would Listen, I have the arrogance that I could beat you in basketball. Well, that's fine. Ar- arrogance can only get you so far, my friend. Yeah, I'm not sure I could, but I have the arrogance. I'd be confident enough. I'm, I'm going to beat you. Okay. I'd have to and have the, the shot on. And, and then all of a sudden, we, we'd have a come-to-Jesus moment, and we'd have a moment <laughs> of reality, and then what would happen? Um, yeah, I, I think we know what would happen. So that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, Coos, is it too soon to reference last week already? <laughs> <laughs> Statute of limitations would say, yes, it is too soon, Brent. Okay. It is too uh, soon. So then I won't go there. But, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I can box out. Man. The, the thing about me yeah. is, like, people will look at me and be like, okay, white guy, not very tall. He, yeah. The only thing he can do on a basketball court, if anything, yeah. which probably isn't much, is shoot. <laughs> but see, I'm a scrappy little dude. I can go box out a little bit. Okay. I'll get more rebounds than you think I'll get. Okay. Okay, against me, though, we'll see. Fundamentally sound. Uh, 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 against me, though, we'll see, okay? And there's a reason I had to play basketball in college. By the way, how are you at ping pong? Uh, not that good. I mean, yeah. And we, we know, like, you talk a big game in darts, but I'm good at darts. Yeah, but let's be honest, though. That, that dartboard was absolute trash in Atlanta, okay? I don't, we know it was, okay? The one... I played with... We played on the same board. We did play on the same board. Now, I think it, it kind of helped your skill set a little more than my skill set. <laughs> but but the one in Atlanta was a traditional dartboard, um, a, a little used to my style. And let's be honest, it wasn't even close. So... <laughs> It is what it is from that perspective. But but you said it, Brent. You know, what do we do these next couple weeks? And I'll be honest, By the man, way, Kuz, I like your idea, but let's do that as a segment so we can chew up 20 minutes. There we go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, but, don't add to the show. <laughs> but, but, but I'm going to be honest, man. In terms of what do we do in the next weeks and how do we attack this, I'm excited because this is where creativity comes from. Absolutely. Right? And I consider myself a very creative person. I now, like it. I'm, you know, I'm always the guy that's thinking ahead, and I'm always the guy that's doing this visualization stuff, especially my meditation. Here's how I see this going down, because it's really the only way it's going to go down. And stop me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to speak some truth here. What I visualize in the next week or two weeks or so is we're probably going to have another team meeting, an office meeting. And I'm going to walk in that office, and it's going to be you there. Kuz is going to be there. Our boss, Nick's going to be there. Lysol on the table. Lysol on the table. I want our advertising people there. I want the marketing people there. I want everybody under the ESPN 690 to be in this office. And here's what I'm going to do. has like three people. (laughs) Well, I want the advertisers there too, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to schedule a meeting at probably, let's realistically, probably 2 o'clock in that conference room, all right? All right. I'm going to show up 2.30. Tank top. Shorts, completely disrespectful. And I'm going to come in, cocky, cocky as all ever, and I'm going to go like this. There are two sports right now that are still happening. The UFC and professional wrestling. You ever seen the movie Captain Phillips, Brent? Hey, I'm going to go at everybody at the table, including you. Yes. Yeah, no, I haven't. I'm going to go at everybody at the table, and I'm going to look you two coups, and I'm going to say, hey, I'm the captain now, Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm the captain now because we got MMA and we got pro wrestling and we know who specializes in those two things and then I'm going to walk out the door and I'm going to establish the dominance and be like, everybody answers to me now. And that's how it's going to go on, Brent. So 
come aboard for the ride. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to start this new endeavor with you, but uh, I can't wait. Uh, we might have to talk a little bit about wrestling hey, in a moment. I'm the captain now. That's I all like I'm it. Say. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, I've been doing balling, right, yep. uh, to everybody that I come across. There's been so many of them today. So no falling, but balling. We're trying to lift everybody up. Yeah. Well, this will do it. The Brooks Ballers. You know who that is? The Sounds wheelchair familiar. basketball. Remember yeah, yeah, when we yeah, had yeah, Richard yeah, Collier and Big yeah. Rich? Yep. He plays for them. Exactly. But I also got a buddy, well, uh, Jim yeah. Houston, over at Golf Club at Southampton. His son, Tim, plays for me. He's a really good player. Cool. And uh, I just saw on Facebook the Brooks Ballers won the Division Three Wheelchair National Championships. Dang. Uh, so how cool is that? He was the tournament MVP, by the way, Timmy Houston. Awesome. Uh, so cool. I've, I've been doing stories and, and uh, little PSAs around their golf tournament with Tim since he was a little dude. And now yeah. he's all grown up, and he's a heck of a player, wheelchair basketball. And he's just a tremendously inspiring young man like so many yeah. are, uh, including uh, Richard Collier. So uh, hats off to the Brooks Ballers, baby. That's awesome. They're balling. That, that fits. Oh, uh, the Brooks Ballers are, are balling here with a uh, national championship. All right, you did it. You got us. Well, I want one th- more thought on uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Okay. Um, because we left off with this, you said. I forget what you said, but I know I want oh, to go this. No. The, uh, so it, it, here's my standpoint of, of why I think you need to rip the bandaid off. You know, the, yeah, the yeah, that's right. Off. You said yeah, right because some of the optics. Yeah, the, with the optics and everything like this. But listen, and we praise Yannick Ngakwe for being a constant professional. I think you'd agree, Brent, constant professional, right? The, the, the guy has done everything um, by the book. Now, yes, he's got the cryptic tweets every once in a while, but what football player these days doesn't? Even Tom Brady's doing cryptic tweets now. It's it's the hot thing to do. Go along with it, whatever. But my point is, Yannick Ngakwe doesn't want to be in Jacksonville, okay? I think he's made that abundantly clear. And if you look at what happened to Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, you know, arguably the best player in the Jacksonville Jaguars at the time, Goes through this whole thing with the back, and, and listen, and, 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 I, and I sat, not here, but I sat at the studio and I defended it. You know, and I said, maybe his back really is hurt. We will never know. I think we know now that his back probably wasn't hurt, obviously. But from the standpoint of, was it a distraction for his teammates in the locker room? Probably not. But was it bad optics for the Jacksonville Jaguars organization? Absolutely. And what happened? Eventually, Jalen Ramsey got his way, and he got traded to the Rams. Now, I think you would agree right now, Brent, we're... Jalen Ramsey is sitting wherever he's sitting, probably in L.A. right now, thinking, you know what? I got my way. I'm yes. not in Jacksonville anymore, correct? He's glad to be out of Jacksonville, no doubt. So here's what I'm saying. I get we always commend Yannick Ngakwe for being the constant professional, but what's to make Yannick Ngakwe go, you know what? I've done everything by the book, and what has it got me? Not what I wanted. I look what happened last year with Jalen Ramsey when he was doing the back thing, when he was kind of causing some distractions, not so much in the locker room, but just obviously in the media and things like that. And I look at what happened with Jalen Ramsey and what happened to him. He's gone. He got what he wanted. What's to stop Yannick Ngakwe from all of a sudden just pulling a 180 and going, you know what, man? I want more. I want to have my way, too. And I'm about to make some changes in my in my behavior, my personality to get what I want. Well, nothing could. He could do it. But here's twofold that, that I think he won't do it that way. One, because there's no evidence that he would do it that way. We haven't seen that from Yannick Ngakwe. Okay. Uh, and so we got to go on what we know of him mm-hmm. in, in four years, and we haven't seen anything like that. And number two, I think sometimes you are who you are, man. And uh, Jalen Ramsey, that's ah, kind of him. The way that all went down, that's kind of Jalen. That's yeah. not far-fetched. Jalen doesn't have to do a lot of acting. You know, that's Jalen being Jalen. Well, I don't think that would be Jan being Jan. Okay. I, I think um, I think you are who you are. And I, that's why I would say that in the trend. Again, that doesn't mean he couldn't. Mm-hmm. 
It doesn't mean he can't come on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690 and say whatever he wants to say. He still hasn't said much at all. This Is this the time now to finally talk? Is this, or at some point, will it be to finally talk and continue to voice displeasure and, and maybe do it that way? I don't think he'll do it the way Jalen did it, is my point. I think he will, if anything, be a little bit more vocal about wanting to get out. Because if he's not vocal, I think it kind of remains a little bit under the radar because we know what it is, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit business being business. If he is vocal, it becomes more of a weekly, everyday distraction. And so, therefore, depending on how much he's talking about it and being asked about it and answering about it, well, then that means Marone's being asked about it and has to answer to it. Anytime we talk to Dave Caldwell, has to be, you know what I mean, teammates, and teammates get tired of that part of it. And so, therefore, it builds. And I think the only way that happens, too, is usually when it gets closer to the season. I think people are willing to put up with almost anything until you get to Labor Day time and it gets closer to the season. So uh, I just don't see it. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. It could happen. It might be the way to do it. If I was in Hans' camp, but I think at the end of the day, you are who you are. Jalen was Jalen, and that wasn't that surprising the way he went about it. I don't think anybody's that surprised. I think more people would be surprised if Jan looked like Jalen in all of this yeah. to try to get out of town. Well, and I'm going to say this, and I hope that it doesn't come down to that honestly, because that's just that's not good for anybody, right? Like Jan not really being in this character, that's not good. It's not good for the Jaguars organization. It's not good for anybody. But I will say this, if it does come to that point, and all of a sudden we're talking about Yannick Ngakwe, you know, doing these weird press conferences and, you know, just kind of being out of his normal personality, well then what does it say about what he thinks about the organization, where he's taking these drastic measures to try to get out? Just saying. So, time will tell, man. All right. Uh, hey, Joe, double check uh, some other things, uh, and I'm going to say another point, but cancels, cancellations, Clay County Schools closed for the next two weeks, uh, by the way. Uh, perfect game, which if you listen to me and you live in the world that I live in with uh, uh, baseball and softball. In fact, Kaylee has a tournament, and I don't think it's under the perfect game umbrella, and it's in Tampa this weekend. It hasn't been canceled, Not that, unless it just has been canceled in the last bit, but it hasn't. Like, they're on their way to Tampa. Are you guys going to stop ignoring me when I say softball is a cult? <laughs> I mean, uh, this how might many prove times, it. How many this times, might fit in the category. How many times do I have to come on the airwaves <laughs> and campaign my story of how softball is definitely a cult. I don't Here know, we go again. Kaylee, Exhi- exhibit D for everybody. Kaylee hit the heck out of the ball last week, though. Awesome. So if they want to play again, keep that's it, fine. Keep it rolling. Let's go. <laughs> keep that momentum. I don't know what the heck. I just said it was perfect game. I mean, no, Ty won't be playing in tournaments soon enough. Kaylee won't be playing in tournaments even if they do play tomorrow yeah. or Sunday. Um, so, so it's marshmallow baseball in the house. Softball I've got a recommendation. Go ahead. Go buy the big marshmallows. Yep. Okay? Yep. And find a small bat, not a wooden or metal one. Get yep. like a wiffle, like one of those bam bats or something. Okay. Or, or just anything to swing. But it's going to be kind of short, you know? Okay. Uh, don't break any windows, anything like that. Give yourself enough space, uh-huh. but a little marshmallow baseball. Really? Is a lot of fun. Now, I might get you can lose your eye. So be careful. <laughs> hey. This is a warning. Disclaimer. Oh, I'm going to put my NFL insurance. I'm going to put my NFL health insurance to the absolute test. You may want to wear goggles. Okay. Because you can hit the heck out of those big marshmallows. Really? Yes, you can. We did it, and it's fun as heck. Yeah. But we almost killed Steph. I'm intrigued now, man. Uh, We did it in a hotel room in Panama City because we got storms. Yeah. And it was it was tremendous. Now the kids See, were a little funny. smaller then. Yeah. I'm not sure how it will work when they're 15. Well, but uh, we might try. And that's funny for hockey tournaments back in the day when I played. We used to do floor hockey where we'd take like a, a giant tape ball and we had like little hockey sticks and then we'd sit on our knees and we obviously like, play hockey like that. You know, there's checking everything. So of course I say that. Awesome. It's like it's not like it's sunny and 85 outside. I think you can still go outside. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, you can do that, too. You don't play inside. <laughs> I, I'd probably encourage people to actually go outdoors yeah. and get some fresh air. A personal favorite of mine would be, you know, going to the beach. Yeah, but see, I'm a little confused on the beach stuff. We're not supposed to have mass gatherings, but they're allowing... You know Pack the Beach is going to be this weekend? Oof. And that's allowed? Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. I mean, I, think, I mean, sooner or later, they're going to shut down the beaches. That's true. I'll probably just go to a spot that I would has think, less people. I, I don't know that. I, I'm just saying I would think. Well, who's going to the bars, too, so I don't think he really cares. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll see what happens there. Um, the other thing, uh, Florida canceled, uh, and I think I saw Ohio State do this. Everybody's going to do it. But they canceled uh, their spring practices, the spring yeah. game. Yeah. So uh, from a football standpoint, things are now being affected football-wise. Sure. And then that will head them into the fall. So, listen, check actionnewshacks.com. Check everything. Uh, stay tuned with us. We'll kind of keep you up to date on those cancellations. Everything is being canceled. WrestleMania has not been canceled. Not yet. Yet, right? What's the latest on that? Did you put out the teaser on Twitter? No, I'm going to put it on. Hold on. Do you, see you want me to stall a little bit? Well, no, well, you go. We'll, well, we'll be all right. Well, until that time, be sure to check out... The feed so- lags. Okay, well, be sure to check out Softball Is a Cult, a Netflix slash ESPN <laughs> 690 documentary, probably coming to uh, a streaming service near you. I don't know. Coming, uh, in, in the next couple months, we'll probably have some free time to start shooting that. Our new so. Action Sports Jacks OTT channel. <laughs> I like that. But no, so WrestleMania, yeah, still... Uh, you know, it's it's still in question right now, Brent. And and listen, yes, I have tickets. Yes, I have the Airbnb. All my friends were all excited to go. You know, and, and we were group texting today, looking forward to it. But I also sat and said here, and I'm also a realist, man. Where if they were to cancel it or postpone it, honestly, man, I, I wouldn't stress out too much about it because I get it. You know, and especially you want to talk about a gathering, and we to talk about these gatherings where you don't want to have people gathered under one roof. Well, if you sell out Raymond James. I mean, that's, what, 75, 80,000 people under one roof right there, Brent? So from that perspective, I mean, you're kind of going against the grain and how you should be handling this thing. Now, I've also come out and said with Vince McMahon, because he's obviously spearheading this whole thing. I think, and, and I talked about it yesterday, but I'm going to repeat myself a little bit here. In terms of Vince McMahon, the WWE, they need a win in the worst way. Okay, they've they've been kind of down a little bit ever since All Elite Wrestling came out. It feels like the product has kind of worn thin on some wrestling fans. Now, I'm saying Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. I think NXT is the best that it's ever been. I think with SmackDown, I think Fox actually is a little disappointed with what SmackDown's bringing to the table. Keep in mind, Fox was the company that had the UFC opted not to re-sign with the UFC. The UFC goes to ESPN. They're having success. WWE comes to Fox and... It hasn't been announced, but if I was to guess, I would say the Fox is kind of disappointed with some of the numbers and everything so far with their primetime television slot of Friday Night SmackDown. So now, if you're Vince McMahon, you have to do everything in your power, in my opinion, to try to make this work. You've already took a blow with the XFL because you've called out the entire season and you're paying the players, which is, I think, a nice gesture on the XFL's part. I'm not sure if that's more Vince McMahon or if that's more Oliver Luck, but it's pretty cool, Brent, that the season gets canceled, but the players still make their entire, you know, their, their entire yearly salary. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. But I think in terms, you know, of wrestling now, obviously needing a win, Vince McMahon is literally going to ride this thing until the wheels fall off. And what I mean by that is, there is no way I don't think Vince McMahon is going to cancel WrestleMania. If WrestleMania gets canceled, it's going to be the result of the government or the city of Tampa Bay coming out and said, despite Vince McMahon's best wishes, we are shutting WrestleMania down. Because that way, Vince McMahon can at least go, you know what? I try to have it. I want everybody to come out. They shut it down. wasn't my fault. It was them. So I think right now, 
Vince McMahon is looking for a scapegoat to kind of blame a little bit if it does not go down with WrestleMania, and, and that's what I know right now, I think. Yeah, and I told you uh, that's an interesting call. And, yeah. and by the way, he might get that scapegoat. Officials, sure. if they're about to have 80,000 people, yeah. uh, will make that call. It's not until April 5th. Mm-hmm. So I said yesterday, I'd give it another few days. I think he has some time in this because it's April 5th, and it's a unique deal. It's a one-time deal mm-hmm. in the sense that it's not like there's practices for it uh, necessarily. You know, It's not like a team thing that we're talking about for a three-week period, and then it culminates in that. So I think it is a little bit of a different animal. We'll see how it ends up. By the way, you challenged me earlier about Matt Hardy and free agency. What about Harper? <laughs> I mean, what about Harper? My man! My man! What about Luke Harper, Brent? I mean, you know? where, where does he end up? <laughs> I love it! Coming at me with the big stuff. So, yeah, so Luke Harper, obviously, um, he's a free agent right now from the WWE. I can't believe I'm having this conversation with Brent Martineau. So the, the the big story right now with All Elite Wrestling, who is the exalted one? Brent, obviously you've been following this storyline forever now, and, and we want to know who the exalted one is. Here's kind of the crazy thing with what's going on with the All Elite Wrestling. So they were scheduled this up-and-coming Wednesday to be in Rochester, New York, yep. Luke Harper's hometown. There was a rumor going around that Luke Harper was going to be revealed as the exalted one, obviously, at his hometown, because that's where you get the biggest pop, yeah. right? Like, fans recognize him as, oh, it's Luke Harper all the way wrestling. Well, from Rochester. Exactly. But what would happen now? That got canceled, obviously, because of the coronavirus. All the wrestling is going to be in Jacksonville now. So, once again, we talked about it before. We're even starting to wonder if that's going to be still on, with the mayor closing down everything. Well, and, and it's kind I of... I haven't received an answer on that yet, or maybe I just haven't followed along on Twitter enough. And it's kind of a weird situation, actually. And I know we had Submarine Mike. Did Submarine Mike leave us questions yeah, or not? Yeah, it actually kind of involves this for Brent. Do you just want me to read it real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Submarine Mike's question to Brent, and I have to read this Well, verb- to Brent? Yes. Is he asking the right guy? No, yeah, and, and he said, <laughs> I, like I have it. to read this verbatim, so I'm probably going to screw this up. Um, the question is, will the one that is exalted have the order that is dark attack the bucks of youth? I would say absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. I mean, that's all. What do you said it? There you go. I mean, next question. Yeah. What else you got? I, I mean, mean, I think I think Bianca deserves to be in triple threat as well. <laughs> My man. <laughs> um, and then the other question he did have for Austin was, "Will you be one of the 500 allowed to go on Wednesday to uh, Dynamite? If so, he wants to tag along." Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So that's the thing with Dynamite, and I'm, I'm glad he brought that question because that's. It's kind of going through an interesting process right now that I've come to find out since last night. First of all, I can't just say how proud I am of Brent Martin of bringing Luke Harper to the table, man. He did a little homework, and I appreciate it. And Bianca, I mean, why, why, what's Bianca the slow dollar, play on Bianca? I mean, she lasted 33 minutes in the Royal Rumble, man. <laughs> You're absolutely right, man. I mean, I think she's over right now. You always got to put her in the triple threat. We'll see, though, man. We'll see. I, hey, I hear you, Brent. Slow play. Slow play. You think that's the best... Move right now, slow play? No, make her a star. I hear you. You're the only show in town right now. Make her a star. Might as well make her a star, man. The show in the world. (laughs) Exactly, right? So it's interesting, the fact with All Elite Wrestling right now, and, you know, there's obviously more news coming out probably as we speak, but what the original plan was is that they were going to release a limited amount of tickets, um, you know, for the show this Wednesday that got switched from Rochester to Daly's Place. Okay, cool. So a bunch of my friends opted to get tickets. They get the tickets secured. And all of a sudden, those tickets got switched from Jacksonville to the later Rochester show in a couple months. Huh. So there's obviously some miscommunication right now going on with either like the, the ticket streaming or the, the ticket platform of All Elite Wrestling. And so there's some confusion going on right now. And I'm sure in the next couple of days, you'll have more answers. 
But I'm not sure what All Elite Wrestling is going to do. Tonight, for a SmackDown, they're in the Performance Center. So, like, you know, the, the, the prime time show for WWE that probably generates the, the, the most views. Brent, you know all about this. Cause oh, you, it's you a billion Fox. dollar yeah. deal. Yeah, exactly. So, they're generating the most views right now. The, 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 the stuff for SmackDown tonight is going to be located at the Performance Center. With no audience. With no audience. So it's going to be kind of weird how it comes across. I'm kind of intrigued. I'll be watching it for sure. And I'm Well, curi- this will be a test run. It'll a be a test bit, right? run for sure. So I'm curious to see what Tony Khan does. Now, obviously, Tony Khan, I mean, big wrestling fan, but he's new to this, Brent. All right? And he's got people on his staff that, you know, are, that know the wrestling business inside out. But Tony Khan's also under the microscope here, right, of, of how he handles this thing. Because with Vince McMahon and WrestleMania... Vince is, like we said, being the lone wolf right now, it could either pay big dividends of being the lone wolf and the fact that you're the only entertainment show in town right now, or it could backfire and cost you everything because you're the last one to come aboard. The question is, because All Elite Wrestling, obviously, in WWE are in direct competition, what does Tony Khan do? So I'm curious to see, obviously, once again, the, the kind of the, the Jacksonville reference here because, you know, he, he is Shad Khan's son. He is part of the Jacksonville Jaguars as well as, how does Tony Khan handle this all-out wrestling situation going forward? It'll be very interesting to see. And by the way, it will come with some level of criticism, most likely either way. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, you would think. Yeah, uh, so sure. it will be an interesting one to watch. By the way, uh, numbers did not balloon in record fashion. Didn't balloon today. Uh, WrestleMania no, uh, talk is uh, done for the week. That's it. I've That's reached it. my quota. We appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry. Probably still to come <laughs> in this sports absence will be another day of wrestling talk. Yes. And I will also advise you folks that I'll be off that day. <laughs> uh, no, I really think the, I do think the business side of it, the, the will they do it or not, all those things are relative to what's going on right now. Yeah. And fascinating. We well, know there's a big wrestling fan base and, and a population as well. We found that out about yesterday, but we yeah. already knew that too. Well, one quick question, Brent. Is the juice worth the squeeze? If you're Vince McMahon... Do you go on with WrestleMania and risk it, or do you just, you know... They're not going to do WrestleMania. You don't think so? I don't think they'll do it. But I just, I don't think they're going to come out. I think they'll slow play that a little bit as well. Hey, we are live at the University of North Florida. It's Dusty Rhodes Fields, Harmon Stadium, where the Ospreys played baseball. They were supposed to play tonight, but they're not playing. This is our sports world right now. They were supposed to play, but not playing. Empty fields, empty bleachers, empty arenas. It's just the way it is. But when the Jags do play in the fall, what do you think about a guy like Xavier Rhodes on the roster? He's available. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690. For anyone that wants to come back next year and compete, what would be wrong with that? To have a person in school for another year, who would be hurt by that? I think it would be a wonderful gesture and something that would uh, would certainly make everybody feel better after something that's been an extraordinarily difficult time. That's Jay Billis from ESPN. I always think it's really good. I'm not saying I agree with everything he says, but I think he's very well thought out, uh, very well read on these topics, and uh, usually pretty poignant uh, about what he believes. And I, I agree with him there, too. I think it's very logical. And find a way. Listen, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be taxing on administrations across college campuses. It's going to be taxing on coaches, probably, and probably to some degree taxing on parents and kids. But this is going to be a very unique situation. I think we're so much in the infancy of what this means. We don't even have full comprehension of it. Uh, I don't mean like we. I'm just saying we as in totality. We have we just can't comprehend how big this could potentially get in terms of the shutdown of everything. And we're seeing it. Just in a short time ago, Action News Jacks just reported, CBS 47 and Fox 30. By the way, I'm not laughing. I'm just trying to catch my breath. Um, allergies, though, right? Allergies. Yes, that is an allergy thing. Mm-hmm. 
still uh, pollen. Well, they said pollen was going to go away. Apparently not yet. They lied to you, man. Even with Lysol in front of me. <laughs> yeah, the look, access look at this. It's already starting to pile back up. Again. I know. This is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I did think uh, one of the things I will do on my to-do list is maybe clean my truck. Oh, there you go. Are you one of those guys that clean it by yourselves, or do you just take it to like a car wash? Did you just ask that with a straight face? Sure did. <laughs> what's what's wrong with that? I don't know, man. I certainly haven't cleaned my my truck in a long time, and okay. quite frankly, I haven't even taken it to a car wash. Really? <laughs> I think like, do you like cleaning your own truck? No, like no. a car wash. Well, I don't, I don't have a truck. Yeah, no, or I mean car. Yeah, yeah uh, I take it like once a week through the car wash. Do, once a yeah, week? Yeah, every every Sunday, dude. I'm a creature of habit. Every wow, team, that's every impressive. Sunday. Yeah. That's impressive. And by the way, I didn't mean to come across like, you mean me clean my truck? Yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you, like, no, I'm not even taking it to get well, the car wash. I'm not doing it either. And I'm not. Listen, here's my theory on that stuff. <laughs> if I have time to clean my truck sure. in the driveway, then I'm going to play golf. Okay, I got you. So, uh, and other I, hobbies, I, saying, other I have no time to do anything. No, but with other kids' stuff going on. I would. Uh, I think my my, tr- uh, my truck seriously needs to be cleaned. Like I have okay, not cleaned well, it in a while. And when I go to the uh, get its oil change and serviced, yeah. Sometimes they'll do it. Yeah. They, they usually like wash it down or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're very nice there. I sure. For doing that. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it, man. I'm a terrible car owner. Like okay. I do not well, sit there and do that. I, I was gonna say that because like I've been in your truck a couple times where I had to drop off, you know, some of the, like the the stuff for the show. And like when I like dr- you open your door, it seemed clean. It seemed well, it's right. not like a mess. It's a mess because of the yeah. stuff's in it. But I don't like I don't rip it all up. But obviously I don't smoke or anything yeah. like that. So I'm gonna be uh, honest. What one of the biggest turnoffs? I mean, I'm not gonna well. Do I name the dealership or not? Probably not, because they could be a sponsor. One yeah, day, right? someday. All right, so don't name their sponsor. Okay, so I Hopefully. Take, I take my old vehicle to the dealership because I, I had to get some work done on it. Um, and this is back, like my, I think it was my rookie year. So, you know, still kind of a young kid, and I was kind of like you, man. I, I just I didn't have time to clean my stuff, right? So yeah. it, was, it was a dirty truck. So I dropped my truck off. Um, it gets fixed. I pick it up the next day, and the guy is, like, waiting out for me. Like, he's an older gentleman. He's waiting out, like, with the keys in hand, like, where I have to come up to him. I'm like, okay. I'm like, hey, man, thanks for doing everything. Are we all good? He's like, exact quote, shame on you. <laughs> I go, excuse me? He goes, shame on you for letting your truck look that dirty. I'm like, I thought he was joking. I'm like, all right. No, dude, dead serious. Like, it was his child that really? I was watching. Like, I was babysitting. And the child got out. Like, yeah, it was just, it was a really awkward moment. So I was like, all right, noted. Next time I go to a dealership, make sure my truck or my car is at least halfway looking decent. I respect I people that people. really do it and take care of it. I'm just not that guy. I mean, oh, dude, I have a hard time picking up my room. My, my old neighbors, man, I'm telling you, like, every single Saturday, like, two hours straight, we're talking waxing. We're talking buffing, man. Like, they get into it. I don't know. I'm going to be living that life, that Saturday morning mode lawn, yeah. wash your car life yeah. all of a sudden, so, so, so I think. The neighbors, you know, nice cup of coffee I'm going to meet hand. my neighbors for the first time. <laughs> like, I don't even know who the heck they are. What a fun adventure that's going to be for everybody, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, Go meet your I go months without seeing my neighbors. If we have new neighbors in town, I haven't met them. Come I mean, on, in the neighborhood. There, is a, the there really is. There's this one. There are a few people that, uh, most of the people in our, our neighborhood, like in our little uh, cul-de-sac area, sure. have lived in there for a while now. Okay. So I know them enough. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, and I know some better than others. There is one new family. I would say new meaning like in the last two years. <laughs> yeah, fresh. Farm fresh family. Okay. Never met them. I mean, I've h- never how met do you em. feel about that, man? I, like, you, you gotta I'm unapologetic. Pass. Okay, you just don't care, dude. Where's the hospitality at, man? Welcome to the neighborhood. Here's a pie. You know how that goes. 
Yeah. Not, Nothing. Nah. Wow, man. Now, Steph and the kids, maybe. No, I don't even think they're that nice. I got you. To be honest with you. Yeah, it's just whatever, huh? So they probably think I'm just a jerk, right? I'm sure they uh, do. Now that we're saying this out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't. Maybe I am. This, this is a little bit of intervention for you, man. You got to get out there and meet your neighbors. Yeah, hey, I'll go bring them a, a beer. A beer. Get him a beer. Get him a. Get, go buy a 12 pack. Hopefully, the guy likes sports. You sit in the garage. You talk about it a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe well, we'll do that. Do you want? Is that what you I want seriously to do, don't know him, though. Dude, do you want to talk about sports? Don't you, are you tired of talking about sports, though? Well, we're not going to have anything to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a good break. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Well, it's yeah. going to be a very good break. All right, yeah. uh, ten questions in five minutes coming up in a moment. You're on deck, Coos. But before we do that, Xavier, Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah. Xavier this guy was awesome two years ago, man. He's one of the elite corners in the game. What happened to him? He was miserable last year. Minnesota lets him go. Did the Jacks take a run at a guy like this, or is he going, you're going to overpay for a guy like this? So couple rumors that Minnesota may bring him back at a cheaper price if he clears free agency. Here's what I know about Xavier Rhodes, okay? 29 years old. Last year, yielded a completion rate of 81.5. That means of, you know, the 100% of the passes that were thrown towards Rhodes' way, 81% of them were completed. I don't, I don't like those numbers. That is nuts. Also surrendered a 123.8 passer rating when targeted according to ProFootballReference.com. I don't like that either. Here's the problem with roads, okay? Sometimes, and listen, these are all analytics and these are numbers, all right? Sometimes these numbers don't really speak for who the player really is, right? Because maybe he played around some town that wasn't up to par. Maybe he was injured. All those things yep. you have to take into account. If we're talking about Xavier Rhodes this year, man, guy wasn't really hurt, yeah. okay? Played with one of the best defensive lines in the entire NFL. He got right? pouty late in the season, too, remember? He did, yeah. And played with it's just because they always say the secondary and the, the front four they always work together, yeah. right? Where if you have a good pass rush, that helps out your secondary. If you have a good secondary, well, that helps your pass rush get home, obviously. Yeah, the right? defense just wasn't as good. Well, but be honest, though, Brent, the, the Minnesota Vikings front four that wasn't the issue. I mean, if you watched them play against New Orleans Saints, you saw a glimpse of how, just how good their front four was at getting after the quarterback. Good call. So with that being said, there's not an excuse for your defensive lineman. So with I mean, with, the, with, the, with all the data in front of me here, Brent, I'm just saying, man, I think Xavier Rhodes has kind of lost it, at least right now he's lost yeah, it, just, according to the sample Or maybe size. just a bad year. I mean, yeah. a one-off, and that's what you get to gamble on. I mean, he's definitely a big name. He's a good-looking athlete, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, boy, he looks the part. I can't believe his he's numbers were that bad. Corner. I mean, he, he looks like the corner that you want. Yeah. You know? Uh, I can't believe the, the numbers were that bad. So, I, I don't know. I really have no feel for this one. I don't know. I was just a little surprised. You know, the release. Hunter Henry gets tagged. Yeah. That release... Uh, there were com- a couple of other releases uh, as well, but I think those names were... Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. You know, you can see the age creeping up in some yeah. of these other releases, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know uh, if that was that surprising. I was ready to catch that right I know, there. I saw that. The it's good reflexes, man. Uh, two things. Do the Jags make any moves here in the next couple of days? I mean, they have to by Wednesday to kind of free up some more money, you would think. Marquise Lee, is he going to be on the team come Wednesday? I don't see so, no, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't either, yeah, except if you, I believe his status, and I don't have it right in front of me right now, but I believe it's like $6 million on the books, and I think it's like $3 million maybe in dead money, if I'm not wrong. And if that's the case, you have to ask yourself, do we stick with a guy we know that we like, and I know he's been injured, or do I go find somebody else for 4 or $5 million dollars? And really, it's not. It's going to be a wash money-wise. So if you're making a move money-wise, and you're going to bring another guy in, you're probably not saving a whole lot. Or do you just say, hey, Marquise, 
you haven't been as healthy as we'd love you to be, and you yeah. haven't loved to be. So maybe a new start will will even help well, the health part of you. And go go. We wish you the best. And listen, and that's the hard thing because I always say like I don't ever blame a player for injuries. Yeah. Because okay? injuries always happen. He's had a right? bunch and, of them. And, and people want to use the term injury prone. I don't know, man. Sometimes it's just it's a bad case of luck. Bad luck. Know? Yeah. And um. From that standpoint, like, listen, I don't think anyone's going to trade for Marquise Lee, obviously. No, no, no. Um, it, it, it all depends how, I guess, the new offensive coordinator and Gruden sees him going forward. You know, like, the cool thing with Marquise Lee is he's one of the best, I think, run blocking wider series in the entire NFL. You know, so even though it's kind of an unsung position, there's a need for that sometimes. I just, I can't foresee with the injury history, unfortunately, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, giving him another chance. I think it's one of those things where they try to wash their hands and say, man, you know, we understand you got some bad luck on your side, but good luck to you. We hope nothing but the best. I think there are, uh, this is a little bit of a case, too, that the Jags put him in harm's way quite a bit to be injured because of his run-blocking ability. I mean, they use him as almost like an extra left tackle at times, it felt like, you know, because they had didn't have a lot of tight end help. Yeah. He was so tight to the line of scrimmage. They put him in harm's way more than a normal wide receiver is what I'm saying. No, That's going to be sure. my defense of Marquise. I also don't know if they used him right his entire career here. So we'll see what they do with him. Uh, do they trade Nick Foles or not? Oh, I think by, this, it, by Wednesday, yeah. I'm talking about. I, I mean, I think they try to, obviously, but I don't see it happening by Wednesday. I think it's going to take a little uh, more time if it even does happen at all. Yeah, I don't think uh, they're doing that either. I, you know, my feeling on that is he will be on the roster in uh, 2020, and I, I feel uh, pretty good that that will happen. I don't think they'll find a dance partner here. Uh, Tom Brady. Is he in New England? Have you changed your mind? No. Or is he out? We've got a bet on this. No, we do have a bet on this. Yeah. We could spend a whole show making a shake and someone, one of us drinking it. That's a good point. I'm, I'm saying Tom Brady stays in New England, man. I'm, I'm still on it. Listen, I get all the cryptic stuff and all this going on, but I think at the end of the day, New England does not have a plan right now if, they, if Tom Brady leaves. They always have a plan. All right. Uh, we did balling and falling on the show. I'll, I'll give you falling because about 15 minutes ago on the show, I brought up, hey, Action News Jacks just said this, and I never told you what they said because then I got into washing my car and everything else. I can be such a bad host sometimes. <laughs> oh, now, you might man, think I can right. be a bad host all the time, yeah. but really sometimes from the mechanics of this thing, it gets really bad coups, but uh, my breaking news for you that Action News Jax had like now 20 minutes ago <laughs> is the fact that school is now done until the end of March. Yes. In the state of Florida, in the state of Florida, yeah. school is done. Is uh, public school. Public school, as I said. But I also saw bowls, I think, canceled. I think now you'll see everybody follow suit. That will be a private school thing, too. Nobody's going to be the smartest guy in the room here. Gotcha. I think uh, the lone wolf, whatever you want to call it, uh, public school uh, canceled uh, uh, through the end of March. Uh, most people were on spring break or had spring break. They got extended. But uh, either way, get ready to be with your kids uh, for quite some time. All right, Coos, ten uh, questions in five minutes. Did we already answer some of them? No, but I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm going to say we actually have to hold it to, to about five, ten minutes here because we're running short on time. So. Oh, 30 seconds each now. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Brent, number one, with no sports, what classic sports game will you go back and watch to pass the time? Um, 30 seconds shot classic. Yes, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I want to answer this the right way. Okay, here's what I would go do. I would watch the 2004 ALCS, not even the World Series, the 2004 ALCS Red Sox rally from three games oh, down yeah. against the Yankees. They go to the World Series. They beat those damn Yankees, and they win the World Series. I like it. Austin, for the first time in 86 years. Austin, I hope you were thinking, too, because now the question's I the wasn't. same one for you. What 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 are you gonna go back and watch? What sport? Well, yeah, what classic sports game are you gonna go back and watch? You know what, man? I'm not gonna go back and watch any of them. Um, 
what's probably going to happen is I'm going to be flicking through the TV around 1 a.m. This, uh, to this tonight or this morning, however you want to phrase it, and the X Games will be on, and I'll probably watch some old X Games event, preferably snowboarding or skiing. Ah, very good. Sean White. So, okay. Can you get any more for me? <laughs> Tony Hawk. Uh, that's <laughs> Summer Games. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's you know, fair. Brent, you got any more snowboarders for me? No, but did that just count as two questions for Coos? Because that's the easy way out. That is the easy way out. That was an easy way out. But hey, look, we, we don't He's have sports going on. We don't have sports in the parking lot. We don't have sports going on right now. Uh, Brent, the question for you: uh, the Masters. When should it be played? Could they still play it potentially? I know there's a lot of factors. What are some things they'll have to consider if they do try to bring it back? That's a great call, man. I, when will they play? Where will they fit it in the calendar? And by the way. The Masters, I think, has done this because they want to leave it open. It will be harder than they think to reschedule. Yeah. Just because of sponsorships and the calendar, the way it works, travel, commitments, all these things. But the Masters is one tournament that can maybe wedge themselves in there. And it will be very interesting if they're able to do it. I, honestly, man, I'm not read up on enough of the calendar. And I saw some articles on this, and I just didn't have a chance to read where it would fit the best. I think there are spots and they will try their darndest. I'm just not convinced they're going to be able to get it done. I think this is logistically very difficult, even for Augusta. All right, Austin, for you. Don't ask me the same question. Yeah, same question. No. Um, <laughs> the question for you, uh, you kind of talked about Melvin Gordon a little bit earlier, but where do you think yeah. he ends up? Ooh. Uh, XFL. <laughs> That's my answer to everybody. Ooh, you know what? I mean, okay, you put me on the spot here, Coos. I'm going to say Melvin Gordon takes a giant pay cut and switches roles a little bit with Williams and Jones and goes to the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, okay. Brent, uh, sticking with the Chargers a little bit, obviously you guys were talking about Hunter Henry getting franchise tagged. Were you surprised by that? Well, I saw the report a couple weeks ago, but I was a little surprised. There was so much talk about him on the open market. And then they franchise tag them. I don't understand why there is so much talk about that. Now, if you if you really dive into the Yannick Ngakwe situation, I think there are fans like in New York and Buffalo and other places that thought he would be a true free agent, and that was never happening. So maybe it was just a little bit of ignorance on our part, on my part. Uh, so I would say I was a little surprised by the report when I saw it a couple of weeks ago. The fact that it happened now, obviously we thought that would be a formality. You knew the Chargers were leaning that way. All right, Austin, uh, because the XFL is not d really doing the rest of their season, the question is, uh, or it comes off with Tom Pelissaro saying that they advise players they can sign immediately with teams in the NFL or any other league uh, once their S exit physicals were complete today. Do you see anybody that's going to get picked up? Um, Donald Parham, our boy out of Stetson, had a great season. He's 6'8". You cannot teach height. I think he's got a chance. And who's the, the quarterback from um, the Roughnecks, Brent? Uh, uh, Houston. P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. Thank you for nice pull. Uh, and P.J. Walker, um, quarterback of the Houston Roughnecks. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Brent, there was a report from Ian Rappaport that uh, J.K. Dobbins was uh, in the Dolphins facility today to do a pre-draft visit. Do you think it's a bad look for the Dolphins with everyone else kind of canceling things? I'll give the Dolphins a pass on this. I mean, if they thought they could sneak a visit in before the visits were canceled, and obviously the NFL moved on that, and they announced today that there will be no more pre-draft visits. Uh, I'm not going to jump all over the door. Uh, again, kind of the way I feel about the PGA Tour, man, the Players' Championship. This stuff has been so unique, so fluid. 
Uh, if they had that planned, I don't think this was them trying to sneak it in. I think it was something that was probably planned. So, uh, nah, I'm, uh, listen, I still don't know what I'm doing this weekend. I might be in Tampa. <laughs> I haven't canceled the California trip yet, although I know I'm not going. Yeah. I might go to Hawaii because I might be able to get there for 150 man. bucks and just don't care. I can't be a hypocrite. I might be in Wisconsin next week or not. I'm still waiting to see myself. Uh, by the way, I don't think I'm going anywhere. But, you know, that's the way we've all been thinking. And yeah. so... Mm-hmm. What are we going to do next? I'm not going to hold the Dolphins to that. All right, Austin, uh, name one or two Jags games that Jags fans can go back and watch now that sports aren't happening to try to fill the gap. Ooh. What was your best game in 2010? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, um... First of all, go, go back and watch that Hail Mary game uh, back in 2010 yeah, against the Houston Texans, the greatest moment in Jaguars history, because <laughs> I was a part of it. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, go back and watch that one. It was a great moment. It was a great moment. And I think, I mean, listen, in terms of the, the time that I've spent being a Jaguars fan or, or been part of the organization just following along with the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to go back to the divisional uh, round of the AFC playoffs when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Flew over to Pittsburgh, took care of business. Um, you know, it was a high-scoring game, and you know, just the, the, that scene after when all the players came back in the stadium. And I'm going to mention a guy you don't want to hear about, Jalen Ramsey, comes yep. in, and, and you know, it was like, and we're going to go to New England and all that stuff too. I think it was just it was, it was a cool time to be a Jaguars fan, and why not relive some of those glory days? All right. By the way, I think other people would say 96 against the Broncos, one of the greatest wins in franchise yeah. history, probably the greatest, and they did the same thing. They flew back over the stadium, and the place was packed. Also, 2007, David Garrard's run. Uh, so, I mean, there are many games you could pick from, but that one along with those other two yep. from different time periods in the organization, those would be on the list. Shout out to you for answering my question, Brent. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> I love when I break my own rules. I'm kidding, man. I'm um, you. Brent, your question it's kind of hypothetical that I saw going around. I know you're probably not going to like it, but if Rudy Gobert does not get sick from the virus, do you think that would some of the sports would still be happening right now? Well, that's a really good call. Ooh. Now, that's a hindsight call. I get it, and, and I understand the context of the question. It's a juicy one. But it's a good call, and I would say uh, – I would say uh, – shoot um, – I, I want to flip. I almost flippantly said, "Yeah, I think they would," but I think we would get here by the end of the weekend. So I will just say it sped it up. Um, I, I think we would be in this same situation maybe by Sunday, but I think everything really got cooking off the NBA. Everybody took notice. That's when the dominoes fell, man. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I don't know how people are reacting on social media to that. Uh, that's the first time I've seen that kind of question. Uh, but I would say we would probably have two rounds and maybe the entire Players' Championship in. And I think we would finally get all these kind of calls of cancellations across the board by the end of the weekend. All right, Austin, it was the uh, the question that made specifically for you. Compare the AFC South NFL teams to WWE or All Elite Wrestling wrestlers and explain oh, why. Man. Holy cow. Oh. Are we supposed to be out of here? Yeah, we, no kidding. We got two minutes. All right, cool. Right, Zion uh, Williamson said he's going to play for uh, Pelicans yeah. staff, yeah. Uh, arena staff for the next 30 days. So there's another one. How okay, go ahead. I gave you time to think about it. I appreciate it. But how do you feel about, like, a 19-year-old doing that? You know what I mean? Like... Ah, it's good stuff. Man. Okay. I mean, listen, he's, he's people one of the are. Highest profile players in the NBA. Listen, these guys are. They understand it now, but yeah. just 
let's not be fooled. They're being advised to do this too. And, mm-hmm. But it's a very good advice. I mean, it's a good thing. Uh, good things happen out of these things, and this is a nice moment for some of those guys doing that. Okay, I didn't think of any of that during that time we're talking about Zion Williamson, but I'm going to go Tennessee Titans. They're tough. They're durable. Um, they're the Undertaker because he's still doing the dang thing. Indianapolis Colts, uh, up and down. Um, intriguing, but a kind of a mid-carder. I'm going to go the Indianapolis Colts are Finn Balor. Houston Texans, fresh, exciting. Deshaun Watson, obviously. I'm going to go with Bianca Belair. Ah, I was going to say, who's Bianca? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> who's Harper? Oh, Jacksonville, who's Hardy? Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, um, oh, ah, I mean, I don't want to, like be mean here um jacksonville jaguars are the librarian <laughs> of all eight wrestling they're they're the librarian fun fact about the librarian hasn't won a match yet there you go <laughs> oh, what, what, what do you want me to say Brent? times are tough dude i was hoping you'd go with like john cena or something just say he comes back oh, once hey, in a while hey, really, it shows up just once in a while oh, i see <laughs> that's good that's good but by the way, that yeah. wasn't a bad drop by me right Not there bad, again. Man. I mean, Not I had bad. a hell of a day of you, wrestling. Bro, you're all over the place. Do Jack Boz, I owe you a beer, man. Thanks. Do you even need me here? I mean, honestly, I think you're Probably good not. to go. Probably not. Might but, not have you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You're well, going skiing. Yeah, um, I'm going to be going on a snowboard excursion. Maybe, Maybe. we'll see what happens. Um, it, all I can say is it's for the snowboard group called the Ravinos. My stepdad is a member. I'm He's gonna, in a gang. I'm going to get initiated, hopefully, next Tuesday on St. Paddy's Day and carry the family torch. So I'll keep you guys updated with that. But if I don't, for some reason, go, I'll see you next week. Hey, the big no- local news around here, by the way, from an actual m- news and move standpoint and not a cancellation, is Yannick Ngakwe uh, franchise tag today by the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll continue to talk about it all week long on the TV side, CBS 47, Fox 30. Big thanks to the University of North Florida for having us out here today. We wanted to showcase this is what our sports world has turned into. A game was supposed to be played here tonight. It's no longer. It's been canceled. Their season's been canceled. And empty bleachers, empty fields, no batting practice, no baseball, no basketball, no hockey, no everything in our sports world. It has stopped. Uh, but be safe out there. Do everything the officials are telling you to do. And uh, we'll be back on the radio side with you on Monday all week long. The NFL calendar continues. So NFL free agency next week. We should have some news to share. Thanks for hanging, Coos. For Austin Lane, I'm Brent Martin. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 at Fox 30. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.